Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, uh, official podcast of Something Wicked Studios or something like that, uh, episode 136, but you should know that because you've listened to all 135 other of these goddamn episodes. Welcome, as always, I'm Charlie, joined by Alex and Henry or whatever, they're people on this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm back from Boston, I can't stop doing my fucking accent. <laughs> yeah, Old Bay and Clam Chowder. Where did you get Yay. Old Bay? That's not us at all. Oh, I don't know. It's like North Carolina or something like that. I thought it was, you guys. Isn't like Mia Khalifa freebasing that these days or something? Pretty much, yeah. That's not us. Oh. We're Chowder Lobster and fuck them Yankees. There you go. Oops. (laughs) Well then, fuck yeah, Clam Chowder. I'm not even trying. It's going to be a wicked piss of a podcast. (laughs) It's our first one of the year. Yeah, it is. Yay! Celebrations. That's right. Yeah. How many years strong and still on the internet? Uh, oh, something yeah, with the studios or the podcast in general? Podcast in general. We are, in theory, coming up on year three of the podcast or season three. How do podcasts work? I don't know. Hmm. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Three years. Yay. Oh god, we've wasted so much time. I know. If you just add up all the hours. Don't add up all the hours. It's just depressing. I need an app like my Destiny app of time wasted doing a podcast. Yeah. Assuming every podcast takes twice as long to record as the episode is, and then an extra twice as long as that to edit down, you've wasted... Oh god. <laughs> well, Doesn't feel like a new year yet. Maybe because we're still doing some of last year's bullshit in the video game world. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's nice to see that some, some bullshit from the previous year carried over. Yeah. Makes me happy, of course, yeah. because it gives us material and stuff I can bitch about on the podcast. Sure. Uh, so, so what have y'all been doing since last week? We got, some, uh, we got a little bit of 2018 still in there and some 2019. Um, I, actually, you know, I haven't really been doing too much. I've been playing a couple different games other than WoW. Uh, Good. Dude. Yeah, I went back and did some Cuphead, Guacamelee, uh, we started doing a little bit of Hollow Knight, so getting a little bit of different, you know. How is Hollow Knight? It's actually kind of nice. I'm not too far into it, but it, it, it feels, like, nice and, and kind of fun. So, But then again, I like 2D side-scrollers with the Castlevania Symphony of the Night feel, so sure. this works for me. Yeah. It's not exactly a scroll-right-only thing. It's kind of a multi-directional 2D platformer, so sure. I enjoy those. Yeah, no, it's fun. Um, other than that, we finally got rid of our Christmas tree, which is nice, but, yeah. What does and one then, do with a Christmas tree? And, like, release it back into the wild or something? Uh, I'm not sure. All I know is we had Boy Scouts come by and pick it up for 10 bucks. So, that Wait, was our way what? to it. So, okay, so I live in an apartment complex. Yeah, you can't so exactly just toss it out and then be done with well, it. Oh, you can, but... And I don't feel like loading it back into my car and have all those things fall out of it or whatever. Pines, whatever, or the Pine needles. needles. They're called pine needles. Yes, those things. So, uh, around here, you can... They have ads for people who come by and pick them up, but it just so happens that uh, Boy Scout troops have fundraisers where they will come over to your place, 
uh, obviously with an adult, and they will pick up the tree for ten bucks and they'll get rid of it. So it becomes basically you're paying them ten dollars to make it their problem, not yours. Huh. So that's exactly what I did. One of the they places I lived used to have a tradition where they would stack all of the towns like it was free to bring them over, and they would just stack all of the Christmas trees in the middle of the train yard and light it on fire. <laughs> that See, sounds that does, amazing. It was kind of cool. It's called the burning of the greens. Ooh. Yeah. It was like the day before New Year's or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. It happened on December thirty first, and or like it was, it was thirty. If like it happened, it, it wasn't on New Year's. It was close enough. It was like ah, it's almost New Year's season. Well, there's a giant pyre in the goddamn train station. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's actually pretty nifty. But no, we literally just had them uh, pick up tree, and that was that. So yeah, I. I don't know why the concept is so weird to me. Like, I, I guess maybe because wherever I lived growing up, like the Boy Scouts were this like useless entity that you heard about occasionally. Like, the idea of them like offering a service of like, "Hey, we'll take your stupid tree away from you, you monster." It's just like I, it makes total sense. It's totally what they would do. But also, it's a, huh? They've never been that useful yeah. before, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't know they did that, but I was like, yeah. okay, that works. So they came, they took it, and left. I was like, okay, not our problem anymore. Perfect. <laughs> so, happy about that. Yeah. Uh, there is one last thing I am, of course, working on, and it's kind of fun. But uh, Mandy and I started talking to a uh, realtor just because like, we want to get to the early stages in planning to maybe get a place out here in the next two years. Join me like in the hell home. of homeownership. Yes. So, uh, Luckily, there are a couple of rural areas that have really good loan possibilities. The image nice. of you living in a rural area is really amusing to me. Yes. <laughs> it is very much a possibility. So, You, Mr. IT from uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, but see, here's the funny thing about that. So the areas I'm looking at right now, they have companies that do gigabit internet oh yeah no that's insane portland's a dark nightmare but still it's like (laughs) the the idea of you living on a dirt road and dealing with a dirt road after rain for the first time in your life and being like oh no what have i done really amuses me well it wouldn't be that rural but yeah it's not exactly in portland per se do you think the suburbs are rural is that what you're getting at right now well, there are some places out here that are like starting to become suburbs, but they're still technically rural-ish Okay, areas. what does rural mean in your brain? Qualifies for USDA financing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, I'll send you the, I don't want to post it on here, but or mention it here, but I'll, I'll send you the areas I'm referring to so you have an idea of what I think rural is. Sure. I'm not getting a farm, if that's what you're thinking. Farmer Alex. While I do have the well, I do have the flannel. I am certainly not going to be a farmer. Farmers don't wear flannel. I I am a dainty city boy. I'm not ready for this. Yeah, we make jokes about that all the time. Mm-hmm. But see, I admit it. I know it. This is true. So there's no shame in my city game. <laughs> this is true. Except you live yeah. in Portland. This is true. So yeah. Um. What do you call it? 
that's pretty much the other thing we were looking at. So it's a little bit exciting. Obviously, a little, little nerve wracking, of course, because it's a biggie. But I, sure. I'm kind of excited for it. There are perks to home ownership. Make sure I give you the full rundown of the reality of it before you buy something. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. But yes, other than that, that's that's pretty much all my news. Uh, other than like, thank you. 2019 for already making me seethe with rage reading some of the news lines and stuff like that so yeah it's makes makes me happy that you're starting me off at a 10 <laughs> it'll be a year of evolution for alex me and him are gonna swap i'm gonna become the upbeat happy one on the podcast and he's gonna be like you know what sucks everything yeah pretty much the year that finally turned for alex mm-hmm. we're in yeah. the darkest timeline and that's what it is for me the company that I've like, no, these guys would never do that, have become you know what it feels like? I feel like Obi-Wan when he's yelling at Anakin. Oh, shut like, up! You're supposed to bring balance to the force, not destroy just it. shut up! I could totally just imagine just like, an- Anakin your whore mouth. pulling out his lightsaber <laughs> and like somebody puts a graphic over uh, him that says Activision uh. and they have all the little kid Jedi and like they're they're the logos of their Blizzard games no, are transposed no, no. over their faces. In this bullshit like, metaphor, you are wow. a kid Jedi who, like, people like me were like, man, maybe we shouldn't trust them Jedi. They're real good at murdering people. And you were like, no, no, you're worse. You're like the janitor for the Jedi Temple who also got murdered. Yeah, man, it's just the worst. <laughs> Activision. Had nothing, Ugh. had no stake in this fight except was like, yep, these Jedi seem real cool and whatever, and then got murdered because he was there. Yeah, no. Anakin was Blizzard, and then he became Darth Vader, aka Activision, and just killed all their youngling games. And it just feels like Obi Wan. Yeah, I'm not going to use. You're supposed to bring balance to the gaming industry, not destroy it. Games. They've made a new game in like what three years? The franchises, man. All like four of them. Supposed to bring balance to the gaming industry, not destroy it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you didn't listen to everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am obviously back from Boston. I'm I'm back in LA, back in my um beautiful little hellscape in um Tonga. I me yeah, me and Jen spent a weird amount of time assuming the house was going to burn down while we were gone, just because like <laughs> so we have a security camera or two and. We had one like trained on our front porch, and we asked our neighbor to take our mail in. Our neighbor waited till like the day we came home to take our fucking mail in. And I'm like, well, <laughs> either the entire house is gone and the porch is fine, or nothing happened. But the entire house being gone and the porch is fine seems far more logical. Yeah, I. It's fine. It's. Yeah, I. Is what it is. I, I, I have not been playing a ton of stuff. I, I did play Steep finally. A um, if you took kind of Axe Body Spray, the X Games, and Red Bull, and like distilled it down with the Ubisoft open world formula, that's the game you get. And it is a game that I think when it came back in 2016, that's when it came out. I, I just kind of shit all all over unceremoniously because it was just like it was bro sports the game and. I'm now playing it because it popped up on PSN, and because I am, or it's it's free for the month of January if, if you're a PlayStation Gold member. 
or PlayStation Plus, oh, okay. whatever that thing is. And for the price of free, that game's real fun. Like, to the point yeah. where I think that game would have done better if you launched it as a free-to-play game and microtransaction the shit out of it. Because mm. mm. it's, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like a extreme sports MMO, kind of. It's it's very grindy and like it's you're always gaining points for something and you have a character level and like it's just just keep going downhill and then reset. There's there are races and challenges to do, but also like it's a bizarre glorified like chat room where you can just chill with people and hit a half pipe hmm. or something. Like it's I, I I wish the game had more kind of like a funky side. It's very grounded in reality. Like I have GoPro branded gear that I don't totally mind in a weird way because i'm like no like it, it's free and it's advertising and this is what this sad set of sports is kind of thing but like i wish there was some ssx flair in there but at the same time it's kind of cool just to like jump into a party with some people and like just tear it up for a little while I'm like yo so yeah it's i wish the game played better but like i'm finding something oddly addictive about it especially for a game that's close to like two years old at this point Hmm. And there's a ton of content they've been supporting it the entire time. Like I, 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 as someone who played that at E3, I think back in like 2016, 2015, like a while ago, and was completely unimpressed by the game. Like it's still not an amazing racing game or sports game, but it's fun enough that I'm like, yeah, I'll keep playing this till Anthem comes out, probably. Like it's got that grind I've been looking for. Like no, just just do some runs, bro. Just get in that wingsuit. <laughs> Hit them circles, go around the power line, yeah, that, hang out, bruh. That sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> bruh. Bruh. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's like 20 bucks on Steam. I looked it up it, out of curiosity because I guess like the Steam version is gorgeous, but like it's the. I think if Ubisoft was smart, they'd ship this game to free to play because I. Like, free is what I was willing to pay for, but I've also already put in like five bucks to get some cool like helmets and stuff where it's like, nah, I, I want this. Like, I, I'm. I'm I've already played $5 worth of this game, I think. Like, it's not hard. I'm making really good progression, and maybe, like, when I hit the end game of it or, like, the the hard, hard stuff, I'll be like, man, this game's fucking bullshit. But at the same time, like, I'm having a weird amount of fun just, like, helicoptering up to, like, oh, you're on, like, not Everest, and then just snowboarding down and being like, yo, that was cool. Hit them glaciers. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I... But because I have been... Traveling most, I've had a lot of time to pursue other pursuits. Um, I, I watched the end of the National Cornhole Championship on TV while I was still in New Hampshire. I saw that advertised in like listings, and I was like, "Seriously? Okay." So, and maybe this is how I grew up and what I was into growing up. Like, I managed to make it to like twenty three before someone mentioned cornhole as a sport. And at, at least growing up, for me, the phrase cornhole had been like anal. That was what that meant in my vernacular. So a bunch of like grown-ass adults would be like, oh, we're going to do cornhole this weekend. I'm like, wow, this is a lax office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. And then it was really to be that cornhole was like a, I guess like a tailgating game where you throw a beanbag through a hole in a board. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. No, yeah. it doesn't. But that doesn't that sounds way less frightening. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it's funny when you like the first time you realize it, because I've had a similar situation where 
they're advertising the cornholing championships at work. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, what? And they come here, like, form your cornholing team and compete for the cornholing trophy. I'm just like, how does what? one judge this event? How does this, what? No. Why would it not? Choose your partner. Ah. Yeah. I'm like, this is not a I- work. This is not work appropriate. Yeah, like it was one of those ones where I'm like, I know what that word means. Apparently I didn't, but like, yeah, so it, it was on TV and apparently there's a national cornhole championship. And I think my favorite part of it is the athletes for it are like in that bowling sphere where it's like, oh, you are the most garbage athletes ever. Yeah, like the fact that you're yeah, not think- smoking is is wrong. <laughs> Kind of like the, uh, well, I have to say, the national, though, the darts championship, those are pretty hype. But, I, but those have a similar class of sort of, yes, athletes with big scare quotes around that one. Yeah, I, it, it was just more like it was the announcers that were like doing the golf style whispering and taking it super seriously. And then you zoomed out and realized it was just two like kind of stoned, kind of drunk looking shaggy dudes throwing a beef back at a board. And you're like, Right, this is a frat boy game. Yeah. Oh, Why yeah. is this on ESPN? But yeah, I fucking watched that because I could not turn away. Like, I, Amy and Jen watched an hour of that. We're like, "Why? Why would you put this on TV?" And like, uh, again, like both of us grew up where like cornhole meant something, not the game. So it's like every time that I was like, "Welcome to the National Cornhole Chip," we're like, "We're four. <laughs> yeah, we're all still children. Now, if Samuel can get this cornhole, <laughs> he wins oh, the game. No. <sighs> this cornhole set, that's not as funny as the previous one, but still funny. How does it feel to be championship of cornhole? That's not a thing! <laughs> yeah, I watched that. I, I saw Jeff while I was back in the Boston area. We went down for New Year's. I where we got rained and snowed on. Okay, I I, I had been out of Boston, places that get cold just long enough to forget, like, how dedicated single people in places that get snow are to the single life. And, like, it's almost admirable. And Jen had never witnessed this in kind of its full ridiculousness of, like, it was on the... Like, we, we left the house at, like, 7 p.m. and it was already like below freezing at that point like we're talking like high 20s tops kind of thing and we're walking through Boston trying to get to this this thing called first night which is the big New Year's celebration there it is snowing and or raining the entire time we're not in the house and there are people rocking the like barely over their ass um skirts and stuff like that with like Thigh high boots and just like an entire upper leg exposed, and Jen's just like, "How did that have frost?" I'm like, "It's dedication. They're going mm. out and they might die." I'm like, "You <laughs> LA people, where it's like, oh, it's below fifty, it's uncomfortable. No, they might die for their pursuits, and we respect them. We make fun of them, but we respect them." Yeah, that, that was fun to be reminded about that. But I also saw Jeff while I was back down in Boston. I started to say, and I. Uh, there was an evening we went to, I, I'm not, I'm not called a hippie ramen place because my brain doesn't have a better way to describe what that place is. Like, and it was decent. Like the, okay, let's, let's walk through the evening, I guess. Cause it's only one way of unpacking this successfully. So 
we get to the ramen place, and the guy out front is instructing us on how to ramen place. And apparently, like, this place will, like, they, they will ask you what your dreams are and score your ability to finish your food, which I didn't fully get until I got inside, and their version of ramen is a bowl with really good, really good broth in it, and then, like, four pounds of noodles and the meat just kind of dumped on top of it. And it is a hateful amount of food. <laughs> that sounds pretty amazing. I, I, if I was a skinnier, hungrier man, I might have been down for this. But me and Jen had made the mistake of like wandering around the North End, which is the Italian part of Boston, and having lunch. This was our second hateful noodle slash pasta based meal of the day. Like previously, we gotten a meal that like. For two people, it could have fed six for like twenty bucks. Cause fuck you, North End. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you you got the something ravioli and you got the house special. Okay, cool. Here's a drum of pasta each. Oh God, what have we done? An amazingly <laughs> thick pesto sauce. This is delicious and killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like so. The way it works is you finish your food, and the, the, they grade how much you've finished. Uh, none of us got a perfect. None of us could finish our food. Like it was, it was indeed too much food. Like I, I cannot stress. Like it's the. Okay, we'll, we'll get to my joke about it in a second. Actually, like it's the. And then if you've selected to share your dream, you do. And like, it it, it ran the gambit from like kind of sad things where it's like, oh, like that, yeah, yeah. Shoot for it, man, to someone being like, yo, I'm going to Japan to compete at a different noodle-eating place. I've been in training to eat all them noodles. And I'm like, that's also a dream you could have, yes. Why would you tell people about this that you don't know? I, I feel like this is like a weird, twisted, like, kind of a setup. Like, hi, yeah, well, how much could you finish? Well, um, What are your dreams and aspirations? Well, now here's a giant serving of nightmares. So enjoy that yeah. while we crush your dreams. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, so and like what reminded me of was like back in college that I was in a theater program. We had something called the Waffle Shop, which was a restaurant that served waffles. It was open from like eight p.m. to like two a.m. on Saturday, and it, but it was a performance space. Like it, it was a it was to give actors and managers experience in running a live TV show. And the entire time we're at this ramen restaurant, I'm like. Okay, when someone come out and be like, y'all been punked. <laughs> like, this is obviously a setup for something. I just don't know what it is. All right, Ashton Kutcher, come on out. It's not funny anymore. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, <laughs> there's enough white guys making ramen in this restaurant that I'm pretty sure we're, that this is an art project or something. Like, Pfizer's going to be like, ah, yes, we were doing an art project on gluttony where we'd feed people an obscene amount of noodles and trick them into trying to consume all of them in a gamification approach, and the results are truly horrifying. Here is a collection of photos of people throwing up outside of our restaurant. Ugh. Like, uh. That is how much food you got for, like, 13 bucks. <laughs> like, I've eaten food challenges that were quantity-based that were, like, less, like, oh, there's so much noodle. But, yeah, I... We did that, went to a Viking bar in Boston after that. Like, I... We went to the bar, and, like, my brain was like, where the fuck are you going to put beer? You, you have no more space left in you. <laughs> After that fucking news, like, I, 
I, I spent that entire evening pretty sure any alcohol I consumed got absorbed into the ramen noodles to make them expand in my system, making me more full. It was like, oh god, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we did. We when well, we took Jeff, I think to his first one I call Real Tiki Bar. Yes, this podcast has the story Ooh. of him going to one in Minnesota, I believe, and being offered Minnesota sushi, which is like ham on rice or something. I like with mayonnaise and shit. It's bad, but. Oh God! That, That's oh, that horrifying. Made, that made me gag just hearing yeah. that. Oh, see, see, and, you know, there's spam masubi, yes. which apparently people like. My That's girlfriend not, loves that, that does, stuff. That does not sound like spam masubi. No, this was some Midwest bullshit. <laughs> but yes, I, I at, at Tiki Bar I drank a flaming rum drink, served in a pineapple. Was the pineapple also on fire? It was containing the fire. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then on the way back, like so, this happened the day before I left. Like the flight back from Boston to LA is hands down the worst I've ever been on in my entire life, and I've been on some doozies of some flights. Like I, I have been on flights where the entire plane made like weird, we're gonna fall apart in the midair, vibrating sounds. I've been on a plane or two that like hit turbulence and then dropped like ten, twenty feet, wrecked straight down, and then was fine. This plan ride included an, like a solid hour of me and Jen being convinced the plane was going to tear itself in half or something. Like, turbulence was so bad, no one in the cabin made a sound for an entire hour. Like, like straight up, me and Jen were like making emails we were going to try and send if something bad happened to our families, being like, "Yo, we died on a plane. Here's access codes for SWS, and also like what we want done with our will and shit like that." Like. I have never been so. I'm going to die on a plane before in my entire life. Like I, it's when the captain of the plane gets on, like and sounds scared, and then like you have an hour of, well, this is how the plane ripped itself in half. Like, I've seen Lost. <laughs> yeah, I. Speaking of which, outside my window, apparently at the airport, like a plane seems to be heading down very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice <laughs> timing. Nice timing, guys. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, I. Yeah, but last but not least, uh, so like, I I got back on Friday. We record on Sundays. So there's now a grow house in my shed. There's a what? There's a grow house in my shed. What is a grow house? Like a thing you use to grow plants with UV lights. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I've finally committed to the fact that I'm going to grow marijuana at some point next year. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's, I'm doing this for cactuses right now, but, like, I know me well enough to know that, like, it's gonna happen at this point. Like, I, it's out of sick curiosity alone, too, which is the worst reason. Like, just like, <laughs> because I can. Yeah. Fucking UV bulbs running right now in my... UV LED, because I want to be economical, running in my, uh, in my tool shed right now. Nothing illegal going on, but I, it's... Like I, it, I looked at it last night, and I'm like, right, it has come to this. I'm gonna grow drugs by the end of the year, aren't I? Which is legal to do in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been me since last week. All right. So as for me, I I kind of went purposely on a bit of social media side. Smart. And it was just for well, well, it kind of worked out anyway because I was at my parents' place and our internet is not great. 
But it was nice to actually have some sanity, and I feel like I've come back with a better perspective on just how much social media I will ever consume ever. But yeah, that was that was actually a thing. Uh, also, like dealing with airports and flying is absolute torture and awful. And uh, just not to go into the long story of how my Thursday was flying back, I guess it wasn't all flying. Because one of the one of the flights got straight up canceled, and they essentially put us on vans to go from Wichita Falls to Dallas, and that was awful. I have done like, that it's once. Been, it's been an, it was an over two and something hour drive. It was yeah. like two and change, and that was awful, being stuffed inside of a cramped van, like very cramped van. They pretty much put us in there at capacity on the multiple vans, and that uh, that that started off the, my flight back here. So that that was awful. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was absolutely terrible. But but in any case, I I am back now. I haven't been playing too much in the way of games. To be honest, I've been more sort of working on stuff. I need to work. But yeah, I mean, but I have definitely been reading some game news, and so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, my week wasn't wasn't terribly interesting, to be honest. It was just terrible for a day and otherwise uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, sorry you had a shitty flight situation. I, like, I know Charlie earlier was talking about how he had some weird flight moments. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I... I've been lucky to never really have that, so I can't even imagine how fucking terrifying that's gotta be. Did they do the fun thing where they took the bus directly onto the tarmac and like took you from the van to the plane? Oh no, I, that would that would have been actually like all right. Nope, we you know you had to go all the way through security and all of that mess. I mean, so yep, two hour drive to reach the other airport, and then we have to go back through security and all that. And yeah, it was a comedy of errors. Yeah, easily I... avoidable errors. Yeah, I think I was at an. I think this was when I was in France once for a, I was in a connecting flight where they. I remember exactly what happened, but the plane, like they were shutting down the entire terminal that we were. Sorry, I set my microphone. Uh, they were shutting down the entire terminal from like where we were departing, and the solution they had, because I guess like the international terminal there is like a mile apart from end to end or something ridiculous. So they took us off a plane, just put us on a bus, and drove us like kind of across town to another airport to fly out of. And just were like, get on the plane now. You're declared security. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, that's 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 interesting, huh? Hmm. But uh, earlier, Charlie, you had mentioned like taking the bus directly to the tarmac. I've done that once before, and it was when our flight was grounded for a couple hours in Mexico when we were coming back. Mm. Uh, they had flown us, or they had driven us directly to the tarmac and didn't load us up the old-fashioned way. It was really mm. trippy. It's a fun thing. It's very important in that scenario. Like, yeah! Yeah. Of course I'm getting right from the plane to the bus. Like, this is somehow, this is the weird way that this works, because it's just a bunch of buses that drive you back and forth, because they have to take everybody, so they make multiple trips, but yeah. it's trippy. Yeah. News time? News time. I think so. Okay, starting off our, our our first official news article of 2019 set of podcasts. 
Nintendo has declared that Bowsette is officially non-canon. Yeah, and no news. The rest mil- of this year will matter. A million yep. Tumblr accounts cried out in the darkness. Not anymore, because they got deleted as part of the purge. Yep. So yeah, that's it. I, I, I just mostly love that this got so out of Nintendo's control they had to officially be like, nah. <laughs> like, Stop I, it, guys. Stop oh, it. Oh, you know what my favorite part about it is, though? <laughs> the nuts, the, just, why did they decide to throw shade at Luigi for no reason? <laughs> oh, because fuck Luigi, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so... That's I'm the, sorry, that... did you not see where Luigi got straight murdered in that Smash trailer? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I, I, that's why I find it even funnier. They're just like, yeah, Luigi, yeah, ha, ha. people who like Luigi, ha, ha, ha. That's, that's just, sorry, that's the, that's the crown on top of this news. Yeah. <laughs> 2019, not the year of Luigi again. <laughs> but I guess moving on from that, because it's still the year of this, apparently. Um, new year, new Fall 76 issues. What? Are you kidding me? Uh, Are we... Are you saying am, that there are this problems is my, with 76? I, this is my shocked face and my shocked voice. Yeah, I. so uh, <laughs> surprising no one, Fallout 76 continues to be Fallout 76, is the best way I can put it at this point. And I, so while the real world didn't have any real Y2K issues, apparently Fallout 76 had like a Y219 issue of some kind where... <laughs> A bunch of uh, terminals in the game glitched out in a weird way, and the nuclear co- the nuclear launch system just kind of bugged out, and people lost codes for it and stuff. Like, on one hand, if this was intentional, that'd be a super cool way to fix your game and add a new layer to it. On the other hand, Bethesda's like, "Yo, we're fixing the problem," which means it wasn't intentional. Well done. Yeah. Well, uh... Yeah. Kind of in the same vein of things. Um, we've talked about Soldier Boy's um console manufacturer aspirations on this podcast, haven't we? Yes. Uh, yeah, where he was like, Nintendo's not gonna sue me. All you guys are a bunch of bitches. Nintendo shut that shit down. Real <laughs> fucking quick. Real fucking quick. Yep. And he's like, I had to boss up. And it, it, I love the blow up because people are like, No, you didn't boss up. You literally became Nintendo's bitch and they told you to shut the fuck up. And take yep. it down, which I thought was so perfect because he was acting so fucking hard on Twitter. Like I don't know if you saw some of the stuff, but he he used a derogatory f word for uh. Let's see, how can I phrase it? I don't want to say the word, but let's just say it's a derogatory f word towards a certain uh people who enjoy homosexuality. Let's say. Are, are you saying that um? Soldier Boy used a homophobic slur on the on the uh, there we go. social yes. media networks of his choice to insult Nintendo for no to insult people who were criticizing him uh, about doing Nintendo stuff. Ah, so he the basically haters. was talking Yes, got it. The haters, yes. So who it's it's his, just so sweet. Uh, yeah, if if, if you uh, so if you're looking for more Soldier Boy branded stuff, his website still exists, you can get a lot of weird Apple stuff like a $20 smartwatch that comes from either Russia or China. It's not clear which. And I think, don't you have, don't you have like soja pods? Yeah, the, those uh, exist too. I, it's... Yep. You know what doesn't exist though? What? <laughs> the soja console. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd bought one at this point. Just from a collectability there, hypothetically. 
I, I just love the fact that he was so, so sure somehow that he would totally not get super sued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just wait to see which which company it would be. It was always going to be Nintendo. They had the most to be like, fuck you over this on. Well, yeah. I think I think a lot of most of the games I don't I haven't looked at the list, but I think a lot of the games that it was supposedly going to be packed with. Yeah, I think they were mostly Nintendo. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, uh, Sega doesn't have any people to send to beat them up. So that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all we got to say is uh, from one hater to another person. Ha 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 ha. Get fucked, Soldier Boy. You got sued by Nintendo. Oh. Ah! Uh, I feel bad for him because he really. I, I think. He, well, in a certain sense, because. It, it, well, I do. I don't feel bad for him because he was obviously going to be a total yeah. ripoff. But I, I do think that he is really a gamer that loves gaming. And I think he really wanted to do something cool. But it's just he did in the worst way. Possible. I understand what you're saying. Yes, I, I can be sympathetic to that concept. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, uh, were either of you following the whole Overwatch Ellie debacle that was kind of unfolding across last week? Yeah, I was following. I, I, I mean, I followed into the tail end of it, but so just to give a rundown on what this whole thing was, um, so. They they announced the rosters for a couple of the contenders league, which is not actually the the big big Overwatch yeah, league, but it's the it contenders is. league. So the contenders league, I believe, is like the minor leagues to the major league okay, baseball kind of setup. It sounds like, yeah, pretty much. So later on, you can get players to go into that kind of thing. So, um, so Overwatch and Blizzard has a policy of publishing all the information on the user or on the player. And for some reason, this player was named Ellie, and that was just their username, but they had no, like, first name, last name. They had nothing like that. They were the only person on the roster among thousands that had just, like, their their battle tag. So people were fucking suspicious. Um, and, of course, because it's the whole thing that it's a girl, apparently, like, well, that's the funny twist on that, was because it turns out, um, they, well, it turns out Ellie... L-E-O-W, I think was a Twitter handle and all that stuff. They ended up saying they're leaving the team and this and that, and then it later on unfolds that it was actually some, from what I'm seeing with screenshots and whatnot, that it was a guy named Punisher who was playing on a Smurf account who's a dude, um, and he said he was quote-unquote a social experiment. So, and let me add, I guess, the details you missed in there. So, I, I kind of around the time that L-E-O-W, or Ellie was announced part of the team, people got real curious and there was streams that happened that were kind of suspect that had a vibe of like yeah the person playing this i don't think is the person talking i've not tracked down the streams but i get the impression like that there's some kind of weird uh milli vanilli shit going on there yeah it was and it weird like and like and, and the way this kind of shit technically often works was like a girl can't be this good at overwatch which is shitty but also not outside the overwatches community's general reaction to things to the point where it's like mm-hmm. we're gonna ddos this shit to find out the truth because yeah They're that's horrible. how it works everything is horrible yep. uh, i mean honestly and and i'm looking at a comment here i think kind of sums up a lot of the you know a lot of things that this actually it is certainly like 
I hope it was a social experiment, and I hope it wasn't just you know somebody trying to get on a team and yeah. like like the manufactured controversy. That this, I mean, it kind of just demonstrates how terrible it is to be a female in game. Yeah, no, like, man. Like as as this comment says, this dude survived thirteen days of sexism and got to pull a ripcord on it and get away from it when women, actual women, don't get to do that. Like, what? and what and what this person and what him as you know as Ellie faced was awful. Yeah, it was. It was awful, and it went from zero oh. to one hundred in like the blink of an eye, too. Yeah, and part of it was definitely like some, it was the feeling of something's someone's trying to pull something here, but like there was definitely that kind of fun gamergate angle to this all over again. Where like what's that? What's her name? The Korean lady who's super good as um. Uh, the Giguri? Giguri? Yeah. yeah, she's okay. So I'm gonna be the other side of the angle on this one. I thought it was suspect as shit when it's the only person in the Overwatch stuff that has no actual name information. Published. Oh yeah, no. And that shit sets okay, up yeah. a lot of fucking role players because I'll tell you, Giguri gets a lot of fucking love on like just in general online because I watched a lot of the Overwatch shit and she. <laughs> She fucking knows what she's doing, and I yeah. personally think she carried Shanghai quite a bit when she got on that team, and she's stupid fucking good. Um, but this but just that does the- not match the level of hate that she still gets on a regular basis. Holy crap! Yeah, I, I mean, I've never there's seen a lot of any us, hate like, for her. You know, people like us that actually you know aren't you know total you know idiots basically that are totally like yeah she's a great player she's just a really good player period and ready for the fact that she's also female and a good player and gets to bust some of those stupid ideas yeah, about like, that whole thing. For, for reference, but, holy Alex, crap. Like, we on this podcast at one point covered the news article when she was being accused of aimbotting and we're like, yeah, maybe she is, maybe she We have no fucking clue. But those videos look real cool. Yeah, no, she's fucking legit. Yeah, we're not, yeah. Yeah, I, not. I've, I mean, I've never, like, maybe it's just because I haven't seen it, but I never saw any hate towards Gaguri specifically. Was. There Oh, like, oh my gosh. Early there in was. her career when people were like, oh. it, it was bad. Like, I, we were covering the, like, yeah, so maybe this person's aimbotting. Like, and all the articles we had access to definitely had this vibe of, like, no one's this good at Overwatch. She has to be aimbotting. So we were even like, maybe she is. But she, she's fun to watch. Some mm-hmm. real good. What's the character she plays? Like, Zahara or something? Uh, Zarya. Zarya. She, she's Zarya. a tank main. She's yeah. a tank yeah. main. Yeah, I, yeah, and she is amazing yeah. at Zarya. And Zarya is, by the way, one of the most difficult people to play if you don't know how to play as a team. Like, if yeah, you aren't a good team player, you're going to struggle with Zarya. And so that's that's what even made it more interesting for me when a lot of people are saying, oh, she's just a good solo player. No, the, the main Zarya actually is pretty hard. And yeah. you have to be a ridiculously good team player that communicates well, or else you are going to fail hard as Zarya. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. It, you may have been kind of into the Overwatch stuff enough that you weren't seeing it. Like the outside of it was like mm. shitty as hell to her. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I was following it inside the actual league itself. Yeah. And, and like, I, I never saw any of that yeah, with I think, her. I and think so that was like, yeah, it's a good Zoria um, uh, player. And outside it was like, man, this girl be cheating at Overwatch. Uh huh. Yeah. But so, but this to one, wind back this to one Ellie, just seems. This one yep. just came off as super fucking. Suspect, oh yeah, no, like the, uh, from the very start, yeah. like it was like so like even the ending is sketch as hell, and you, you kind of glazed over this. Like 
the the league and the player didn't officially dismiss this. Blizzard got out there and said, "Yeah, it's a Smurf account." Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and like the thing is, I guess like even the team themselves that they picked them up, yeah, didn't even know who this person was. Like, there's a lot of fucking problems yeah. with this whole thing. Like, how do you have like all these other players who've been fucking vetted and you know who they are, but this is the one person that gets posted? Like, well, no, they're just the gamer tags alley, but it's like. Everyone else's stuff is online. Everyone else is out there. This is the only one who's suspect. And the t- the team second wind didn't even know who it was. Like, didn't even know personally who they had just signed up. Come on now. Yeah. That there is a lot of fucking slacking on that part. I yeah, no argument here on that. Like it's yeah, yeah. This is and actually, I think that as of right now, they still don't really know who. Ellie actually is. All I, they have is screenshots of some guy named Punisher saying that it was him. Yeah, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the, the most official thing out there has come from Blizzard being like, yeah, new account, bro. Yeah. Smurf yeah. ass account. Like, it's... Yeah. Esports. Reminding us of why sometimes I hate video games. Yep. Well, speaking of hating video games... <laughs> Activision is selling a red dot for one dollar. Try boys. We've reached the point now where you can buy a pixel or a collection of small little pixels for one dollar, boys. Activision crushing it. Fuck you, Activision. To to give some more context to this, I believe this is a PC only essentially in-game mod for Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically it's the scope. Yeah, it, it gives you the kind of counter-strike circle approach to a rectangle as opposed to whatever the fuck they do. And it turns it red, and it'll cost you a buck. It used to be 50 cents, but yeah. Yep. Activision is hot garbage. Big surprise. Yep. Yep. So, and I'll never be able to find something that talks about this in a meaningful way. I want to know how much that actually affects gameplay. Like, is there a meaningful advantage to having nope. that dot? Well, it's, it's it just kind of is. I mean, to be, uh, to be honest, having a rectangle actually makes a ton of difference. I mean, especially when you're trying to aim at very long range, which you often are, depending on, you know, the, you know especially a game like you know, that series, like, that's actually a, a pretty big deal. Like, to have just a rectangle on your UI when there normally isn't. It helps make you ten times better at aiming. Yeah. That's why it exists. It is a pretty big deal. Yeah. But, like, the, the scope stuff has never been a game-breaking thing. It's all been preference. This is not, like, it's some sort of weird, crazy advantage. No. You're literally just paying for a red dot on the screen. No, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, so- you're paying for something you would get kind of normally in a certain sense, like, with the, uh, with the red dot laser sight or whatever. Well, so when you the way that I read that, what it looks like to me is it looks like it shows up when you're not scoping. Yes. And that's the big yeah. advantage. Yeah. No. Sorry. One dollar for that is No, no, no. Stupid. One dollar for that is dumb. It should just be unlocked. Normally. Alex, what if I told you I had eight different colors of dots for three dollars <laughs> for sale? Mm. And these aren't a video game. These are physical dots you can put wherever you want. <laughs> And I can scale it to match. Like, if you want to buy a hundred of these, I can do it. If you even want, if you want them to be default white, that'll actually get you a savings. 
You can come to my house, I'll sell you dots. Oh, it could be stickers that I could put on my glasses. That's the joke I was making. Oh, yeah, I have glasses. <sighs> so, totally, just, just throw those on my glasses. <laughs> okay, Alex? No, my seeding hatred for Activision is just there right now. Fair enough. In other news, Catherine is coming to PC. Yeah, sweet. Uh, I thought only, it was on Only PC. many, many le- years late. You know, as as you may know, I am a massive PC gamer. I am almost primarily pretty much a gamer. And yay, it's an awesome game, but wow, that's that's really, really late. No word wow. on whether or not this will be the new version or the old version, but I get the impression, based on some stuff I read, this is the first Atlas game to ever come to a PC. It, I don't think that's right. I'd have to look that one up. Don't know. I Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't on PC. Wow. Oh, I'm, don't be. I as a PC gamer, like I'm never surprised when nothing is ever transferred to PC ever. Yeah. <laughs> Rockstar. Yeah. Yeah. But yay, Catherine. Yay, it's a great. It's a cool game. It's yeah. a great, weird, weird game. Gotta climb them stairs. Yeah. They're just getting. They're they're getting. They're they're testing out some different like uh, textures and all that stuff because you got to get ready for Catherine on Smash Brothers Ultimate. Kid hype. Yeah, I want to see that. that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Um. Uh, speaking of, I don't know. Transition off that one even. Um. Eric <laughs> Wolpaw, the guy behind the guy, the one of the writers behind kind of Half Life Two and Portal and all that jazz. Is back working for Valve, but only on a contract basis. Yes, hmm. it's not clear what this means. He's been back on a contract basis for a while, but now I guess he's officially back. I don't fully get the full details on this one. Yeah, huh. it seems like yeah, he's not he's not back necessarily for good, but this means we're finally gonna get a three of something, or not. Or not? Well, yeah. is this the second time they've been hired back, or is this yeah, the third it is, time? Technically, it's the second time. Well, then, yeah, second time is okay. You just—if he leaves, he's well, never he's, coming back. He's not hired back. He's a contractor, which is a whole nebulous thing. Uh, well, that's the last time he'll be here because he'll never be back for a third time. Yeah, it could mean something. It might not. It's not quite clear what this will wind up amounting to, but. I think it's safe to say Half-Life 3 confirmed, Portal 3 confirmed, for Dead 3 oh, yeah. confirmed. Let's, yeah, let's put all of our money on it, too. Yeah, I, obviously this is happening. Or Half-Life 2 Episode 3. I guess we're kind of in this business sphere, if you will. Um, some of the leads behind Hearthstone have left and are forming their own company called Second Dinner which is going to target the mobile audience, and they have a partnership with Marvel. Yeah. If they're uh, making anything the... but Hearthstone with Marvel, I will be amazed. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Uh, One of the guys here is actually... Was it Brody or something? Yeah, Ben Brode. Yeah. That's his name. Who uh, was kind of the big face for a while for Hearthstone, yeah. He was, like, the main guy. He left, uh, what, yeah, last year, actually. So... Mm-hmm. Last year, meaning 2018, not farther back than that. Yeah, 2018, last yes. year, yeah. So, interesting. 
Yep, they they are they they are aiming to make a mobile game after working in Hearthstone for a while, and they have the funding of NetEase. Our our buddies, our best friend. Yep. Hmm. Mobile game. Hmm. Uh, well, mobile games like that. Uh, so do you think what they're going to make is really scummy, or do you think it'll be like actually kind of good and people want to? Play? I think they're building a card game. It's the, uh, the the it's. I don't think you go from seeing how successful Hearthstone is and being that involved in Hearthstone and you don't make a card game. Mm. Because that is something you can then use to fund your studio for a big chunk of time, hypothetically. Yep. I'm not sure it's going to be Hearthstone necessarily, but like it's the it's the Marvel IP which it's not a like it's the if you were going to pick an IP to compete against Hearthstone with, what would you pick? Yeah, Marvel's a good pick. Yeah. I think that's, that is pretty brilliant, to be honest. Marvel versus Capcom 4? Huh? Maybe. Well, actually, technically, they would already be at a 4. Marvel's yeah. Capcom 5? Yeah, I'm doubtful, but... Speaking of, of Marvel, I, I want to throw this in really quick. Uh... I don't know if you guys peruse Reddit and things like that. I'm on there. But on there's, a, there's a current campaign right now for a guy named Alexander Q, uh, who's basically battling cancer and won't make it to the premiere of Avengers Endgame. And he is like, hey, so how do I get in on this being able to see it early before I die situation? And I guess there's a campaign going on right now for the guy, I, which is kind of cool. That's cool. I, it's... That's very cool. That's very kind of make a wish type of thing. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they they've done that before though. So I just yeah. saw the Marvel thing. And I figured oh, I'll just throw it in there really Rock quick. Rocksteady that with Red Dead, I think too. Actually, I, yeah. They, yeah. I, I will say that there are some times where these companies do nice things, and I, I just want to highlight that's kind of a nice little thing that looks like it's going on right now. They haven't so. done anything yet, technically. Yeah, they, but- well, they have in the past. Like they did it for the first Avengers movie. Yeah. They had a, a person, and they even did it. They even did it for Star Wars. There was a guy who got the chance to see uh, Last Jedi and then passed away. Yeah. So I think he passed away shortly after even watching it too. Like it was a thing. Yeah. Certain parts they would say the Last Jedi killed him, but we're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. But yeah, I just, I just like I said I we were, we brought up Marvel, and it just reminded me of that, and I wanted to say like sometimes these evil companies do nice things. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Yeah. Anyway, just to counteract some of the seething hatred I have in my heart because of all the news this week. Speaking of the seething hatred in Alex's heart, Blizzard has now lost two CFOs in like a week. Well Dude, done. both of them poached by other companies yeah. too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> or not necessarily poached, but have been already looking yeah. uh, for other work. So the first one that left was, uh, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but yes, he ended up ultimately becoming Spencer the CFO. Newman. Yes, yeah. Spencer Newman, but he worked specifically for Activision side, um, and he was uh, he's going yeah, to Netflix. He le- yeah, he's going to Netflix. But apparently, they were putting on announcement like, "Oh, you know, he's leaving for unforeseen circumstances." But no, he he's just like, "No, I'm leaving, and this is it." It's it just sounded like one of those "You can't quit, you're fired" kind of situation. That's exactly so, what happened. Yes. Yeah. So um, the second CFO. Uh, I'm going to butcher this, and I apologize. Uh, Amrita Ahuja, I think. Sure. 
she was she wasn't here yeah so she started as blizzard cfo in march 2018 she's the cfo we talked about a couple weeks ago that said it's no longer about like you know our focus is cutting costs she was the one that made that announcement at blizzard that kind of made some of the employees that came out about it be un you know uneasy about the direction that it's going so it's, it's just interesting that the cfo who came out to say that was just like and i'm gone so uh she is leaving for uh square but not square enix square the, the company, uh like the, yep, the credit card company. swipe yep mm. so it's interesting that they're they're dropping these these are not like Lower level positions. No, these like, are big deal positions. Yeah, yeah. Ah, does not look good. Yeah, that's not, that's not a great sign when you are hemorrhaging people that are paid a lot. Yeah, I mean, and they're getting their bonuses as they leave for the most part, kind of thing. Yep. But like, yeah, no, this is like uh, you're hemorrhaging corporate level employees, not like the employees at the Irish Support Center. You're this is this is not looking good. Yeah. I think Blizzard slowly well, Blizzard is is pretty much starting to lose its complete identity. Yeah, you, you, you got concerned. any Blizzard bile you want to get out this week, Alex? Um No, my bile actually this week is reserved for another organization and people. So, fair enough. Uh Pokémon Go is still making a shit ton of money somehow. Shocker. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Niantic, uh, they they hit a gold mine. They they hit a, a ridiculous, ridiculously gold mine that's basically only gold. It's only it's no rock. It's just all gold. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. mound made of gold that has like some spray paint on the outside or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goose laying golden eggs. It also gives birth to other geese that lay golden eggs. Yep. Three point nine billion value. Yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks back, I oh, think. Yeah. Is this... Oh, uh, wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they've just got another round of investing at $190 million, Hence the how they're back in the news from this topic again. Yeah. Because that's just disgusting. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have the money. Because I don't have that money. I... <laughs> I, I admittedly don't know how hard or not hard it is to work on Pokemon Go, but I don't know what you are spending that money on at this point. I really don't. Houses made entirely of diamonds. I I, <laughs> I played Pokemon Go for a fairly long time, and I stopped, and I kind of saw my coworkers were still playing it because their kids play it and stuff like that, but like it's the... That game is no longer printing money in the way it used to hand over fist, but it's doing something that's making it valuable, which makes, yeah, I I want to know why Pokemon Go is that valuable now. Because hmm. it's not for that game's tight gameplay or the kind of microtransactions going on, I'm willing to bet. It's probably a data mine of some kind, but I don't know what type of data that uh... game mines. I mean, other than, like, mining whatever phone data stuff they have, I guess, but, like, I don't know. But it, you're is, actively is it... broadcasting your geolocation. Like, it's, it, it is a, it is one of the few things where you are actively putting off a geolocation constantly. Well, yeah, it's like Facebook. 
if the item itself is free, you're the product. Yeah. No, but that game also had microtransactions, so I don't like. Again, like it's the Fa- I don't. <laughs> hmm? Facebook technically has microtransactions yeah, for stuff you can buy. True. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I really want to know what makes Pokemon Go so. I think valuable. genuinely it's the store. It's the store. They make money off stuff in the store. There it would can't not be that many people playing at this point. Oh I, yeah. Oh and no. I, I I've, I've seen people pick it back up. So I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's it's kind of in a state where it's like up and down. People are gonna people are starting to get back into it, and then they'll you know lose a little bit of interest, and then get back into it sure. pretty big. And so it's, I think that's what's made it a pretty consistent money maker now. Yeah, there's a group at work that uh, has a Pokemon guild, and they go and do raids around the area during breaks and stuff. So that's a thing. <laughs> so I know yeah. people are definitely playing. No, fair. Very fair. Um, next up, Starcon or Japan Scummery right now? Uh, let's, let's, let's take on Star Control. Okay. That's that is that is an interesting mess to unravel. Yeah, I I only glanced at the article, so I'm hoping you can explain this one further. It seems like the creator of Star Control and the video game right controller of Star Control are at odds with each other. Yeah, and it's, it's and it's even more of a mess than that. Essentially, the problem is it's it wasn't super clear on what exactly Stardock, who are the ones making this Star Control Origins game what they own of star control like star the starcon owners are claiming that that the starcon origins only gets the trademark star control and the parts of star control 3 the original parts of star control 3 um and that but that doesn't seem to be clear like that's what the own the owners or the original creators of the game are claiming but so they're claiming a lot of game mechanics, and this is this is where it gets even more tricky. Is you know the copyrightable of something like as a whole versus some of its parts and as a system of parts, and it's like, can you claim both at the same time that you both claim the game as a whole and you're claiming the constituent parts? Because it seems like the arguments are kind of veering into both of those territories. And it's getting really murky. I mean, so there's so there's a diagram here kind of showing similarities, and I'm like, this is stuff you can find in a lot of different things. I mean, is it like this is a difficult one? And that's and what's even weirder is the way that uh, the creators have managed to get the games taken off of say Steam. They use DMCA takedown, which is really bizarre. At that's kind of unprecedented. And yeah, I think the article I'm not you, saying it's the article you linked to the new stuff says this is the first like this may be the first time this tactic has been used in the gaming industry. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of wild and I'm not in this thing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I mean, that's just sort of like whoa. No, it's a big that's, deal. That's that's yeah. pretty interesting because uh, yeah. It's this is the battle between yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, you want to, you know, it's like, you want to stand up for the two devs, but some of what they've done in the past and kind of what they're doing now, kind of scummy, like, to be honest. And, uh, and honestly, 
Gardrock, it probably, I'm going to say, is also being a bit scummy. It's like, like, but the thing is, and I we won't know this until, you know, until more evidence comes out in court and some decisions are made, but we don't really know the extent to which Gardrock truly owns the Star Control yeah. brand and franchise. It's super not clear. And I'm and it and it really that's the thing, it also kinda comes across as oh, like, you know, they sold it off because they didn't think they'd make any more from it, or that's the way they thought they could, you know, make you know, make some money at the time. And now it's like, oh, they're actually making a game that could make money. We're going to we're gonna be, we're gonna try to revive our own franchise, which that's obviously what the two original owners are gonna try to do now. It's like that's obviously the only reason they're trying to bring us in the court in the first place is because they fully intend to make new Star Control games. And it's like, uh, you kind of sold that off, guys. I mean, it's kind of like, it, it's reminiscent of the snafu that was with the Fallout series. You know, with Interplay and and all of that. And, you know, and they eventually, you know, end up kind of coming back and creating Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> and, but yeah, that was, that was a similar kind of mess to this. And it's, it's weird, and there's just—it's hard to make any judgments on it. Which that's why I'm kind of withholding judgment because a lot of the information has not really come out proper yet. It's—it's not—we don't know. I mean, when we actually see like what type of a document they signed to own what right? Like, is it the entire franchise? Is it only to one game? Which is kind of what the owners are saying. They're saying it's like. You bought the rights to distribute one game. I that doesn't seem like something that a company would buy. So the whole thing is suspect. All from all sides, it's it's very very suspect, and it could mean a lot because that's the thing. It's like not only is it the DMCA takedown and some of that, but like it's getting into the deeper copyright issue of it. Is it the, is it the sum of its parts? Do you copyright individual game mechanics or are you copywriting a thing as a whole as the combination of these games yeah and that's that's really what's also going to be decided on when we go to the court so yeah this is i'm going to be following this because this one's weird and it could mean a lot for you know creators who've sold off their you know sold off a license you know the licensing for their game or just sold a franchise in general and, and, you know, what happens if they want it back in a certain sense? Or, well, it, you know, what, what the, what ex, how many rights did they sell? When it kind of ties back into, like, we've talked about this some, um, the guy behind The Witcher is really upset at how much money The Witcher made, and he signed a deal with CD Projekt Red, basically saying, like, hey, we can give you points for a percentage, or you can just sell us the thing, and they sold him this thing. And it's yeah. not getting... It's totally not clear if he owns if that now CD Projekt Red owns basically the concept of Witcher video games. Period. Yeah, and so uh, this is getting in some weird murky territory here because, yeah, it seems like it would be more straightforward. But I mean, look at the I mean, it's look at the snafu between you know basically Disney Marvel and Sony over ownership of you know some Marvel properties or at least the right to distribute it. Yeah, it's the same kind of mess. Yeah, where you I'll give a... you a better version of that, actually. The fact that, um, so we now know that Disney owns Marvel. I mm-hmm. 
Universal owns the rights to make Disney uh, to make Marvel theme parks east yeah. of the Mississippi. Yeah, like that's, that's literally is... what they own. Uh huh. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, there's all sorts of just divides and splits on you know to what extent do you own a thing, and it has to be laid out very specifically. And that's the thing. Like, if you want to limit it, you have to be very, very specific. And I am. I am really interested to see what the actual document says on what Stardock truly owns and what the two creators, Rice and Ford, actually gave away or sold off. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. this is this has some oh I mean this has things for it has implications for creators and names and franchises and how franchises are dealt with and how how copyright works and how much out. It's it has a lot. There's a lot of stuff, and it's and it can have some far ranging consequences. Yeah, it'll be. It, it's interesting because it just. I mean, at first it started to be like, oh, it's just one of those weird epic, uh, PUBG disputes with like I can own certain mechanics, this and that. But it's like, no, this is this is a lot more elaborate as we go further down the rabbit hole and it is I, I actually didn't know about this but I will definitely be watching this a lot more now because yeah. this can set a really interesting precedent in terms of like in like how stuff is handled in the future like well you can't own this type of thing for fighting games or you can't you know do this it's just I don't know it's weird but it, it's it's interesting I look forward to following this yeah it sets a weird precedent hypothetically yeah. Not one I want to be a part of. I think it's an important precedent at that though too. Like it's Yes. This needs to be decided. Yeah, it's been too fast mm-hmm. and loose for too long. Yeah. It's 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 obviously a, a idea that keeps rolling back around over and over. Mm-hmm. So and maybe you planned this, Henry, and maybe this is the happy accident. So we're gonna jump from this to kind of a broader concept of a similar nature. So Japan, so brought this to our attention there, so maybe you can do a better job explaining this, but basically, Japan has made the reselling of digital game keys legal without creator permission. Legal or illegal? Illegal. Okay. So, and this just applies to just kind of digital game keys, right? It's not like physical game copies and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the same way of who owns the rights to things... If you buy a video game, do you actually own a video game if you have no physical copy? Yeah, it's it's a it's a troubling thing. This is something that I've been honestly thinking about and harping on a lot on, you know, for example, like yeah, like the DRM thing. For example, I mean, that's the interesting thing, you know, Stardock was actually involved in the DRM thing and saying that they will never put any of their games in their DRM. But that's it, it's this for those of you not familiar with first sale doctrine, uh, let me give it to you in a nutshell. Essentially, what it says is when you buy something at the point of sale, essentially the first sale doctrine, it means that there's a certain amount of limitations and exceptions to copyright that the company can no longer claim over what you just bought. For example, being able to resell, you know, you bought a CD or bought a DVD or Blu-ray, a lot of Blu-ray, Blu-ray something, and can you resell that? Are you allowed to resell that? And first sale doctrine says yes, you can absolutely resell that. Like you no longer in your possession, 
And that, but that's the kind of where it gets gray area. Like, you know, if I sell off a copy of the Blu-ray uh, movie that I have, then I no longer have it. Like, I hand it off to somebody else, and I don't have it anymore. I don't have the physical copy anymore. Whereas, with digital stuff, they track it via, like we said, with keys. And so the keys are kind of, like, for me, I believe our possession that should be able to be sold. I mean, so the game, in theory, but that's the thing, is like, you have to somehow have some way, I guess, of enforcing that you can't sell your key and then keep using that same key for yourself. And that's where it gets tricky. And I think that's what they're trying to defend against. Obviously, a part of what they're trying to defend against of people just reselling a key, but then just keeping the game for themselves. Now, I, I, for me, I think it should be transferable. Also, and this is, I think, a really faulty argument that they try to bring up, is the idea that digital stuff doesn't really degrade, and therefore, if you sell it, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to sell it because it never degrades. Well, you know, Blu-ray discs don't really degrade either, unless you scratch them. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can resell that, from when you bought it to when you sell it off, doesn't al- also does not degrade, like digital, like anything you know that's sort of also digitally based, such as a Blu-ray DVD. And and the thing, reason it really sickens me is these comp- these game companies, they're trying to retain the company-centric benefits of both first sale doctrine and the li- the very troublesome licensing model where they still own it. So so typically, and this is and this has come up multiple times that let's say you know you buy something, you buy a game, and it turns out to be really faulty, and a lot of the companies are claiming, you know, well, well, you bought it, so it's yours. They're going with that part of first sale document, a uh, first sale doctrine. We aren't responsible if it messes up your computer or responsible for anything it does because you bought it and it's on you. But also, we still. But then they're all like, we also still own the game, so we could revoke it and take it away from you at any time. It's like uh, because you don't really own it. It's like so, which is it? They they just want their cake and eat it too. That's really what they're wanting. They're wanting the best, the parts of both first sale doctrine and licensing model that will benefit them the most. And the fact that Japan has come down on the corporate side of this is troubling because already earlier the EU has made rulings to the opposite, as a matter of fact, like in 2012, I believe. And they actually went more on the side of first sale doctrine, saying that you can resell a game. And that's... So so now we're going to have some... Yeah, I don't, you know, as this will probably make its way over here too, very possibly. We have two competing, two obviously at odds legal decisions. One across the EU and one in Japan. And I don't like the one that went down in Japan. That is not good. Not good for the rights of people who buy things, who want to actually own things. Not good at all. Well, so when it's not quite the same thing, but remember that like Europe has that right to repair that we don't have in mm-hmm. the US, at least maybe yes. we do now. You know, Apple was mad about something like that recently. Yeah, right to repair. Yeah, and that is a, yes, uh, that is absolutely a part of First Hill Doctrine, actually. That, uh, that is the part of that. Yeah, the right to repair if something's messed up, you know, the right to you know, mess with it or edit it in any way. I mean, that's, that's the thing, like the ability to, you know, for example, if I buy a, buy a car from somebody and I have 
So I have every right to paint it whatever color I want yeah. without having to contact that person or the car dealership or you know the makers of the car before I can color it. No, they 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 don't ask you that because you bought it. But that's that's what they you know like I said troubling what they're trying to claim with games like you aren't allowed to edit it you aren't allowed to do anything with it it's like making things illegal such as any sort of game editors like. Uh, it's like it says in the article, like Cyber Gadget's PlayStation 4 save editor is now discontinued on the official site. And so, like, so, ed, so mod, so this is affecting, as I said, mods, any sort of, like, and what you brought up, it is absolutely a, affecting, you know, use of mods or repairs or changes to the original product. I mean, I would be, I mean, just think if that applied to food, like, you weren't allowed to put, Spaghetti with anything but ragu pa- uh, pasta sauce, and because we as a company, we as a company, the makers of these <laughs> of these of this pasta, say you can't because we still own the pasta. You're just renting the pasta from us. <clears throat> I mean, it's 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 madness, and frankly, I'm pretty, I've been angry about this for a long time. This first sale doctrine that they are, like I said, they're just trying to take the bits of that benefit them and and bits of both models that benefit them and and just doing away all of the bad things or the things that would affect them negatively and that would actually benefit consumers it's not exactly the same thing but like this kind of devil's advocate maybe for a second by accident like this falls very much in line with a couple different kind of Japanese game companies have attitudes on like similar topics over the last couple of years we've talked about. Like, remember, this is the same company that has Atlas Games, which, while I'm a big fan of the Persona games, they got out there and tried to really like, they're like, okay, you can only screw up to this point. And if you do, we're coming after you. I'm not sure anything ever came of that. But, like, again, like Nintendo, kind of a big fan favorite company, had just some truly bizarre streaming policies. Like, this is not the first time. Yeah the game industry of Japan has had, I don't want to say backwards ideas on something, but like seems to kind of miss the the point of what people are doing with some of these things and tends to take the most simplistic approach to it, which is the, oh, if you can stream our game, that means you're not going to buy it because you're going to watch it instead kind of thing, Like which they're not wrong. Like There's a logic to that, but it takes kind of the, it's not true. They've proven time and time again that the free advertising you get from streamers is often beneficial. And even then, like you get people that maybe wouldn't were never going to buy your game talking about your game at least. I mean, that's kind of why I mean they've even been recognizing the the role of content creators in promoting their games to the point that content creators win awards at game awards. Yeah. But again, that's like that the, the Japanese game awards are not necessarily recognizing uh, ninja, they're like that's that's a very U.S. and European attitude on that topic. Still. Yes, yes, yes. And it's I don't. This is this is another one I think is worth like kind of paying some you know a idea yeah. that I think people should keep paying attention to because it is troublesome. Like I know for me, like you know, for any games that I may self-produce, I'm totally going to give people the ability to just you know take it. And if you buy it, you own it. You buy the key. Your key is, you know, affixed to a certain thing, if, and maybe add create a system so that, you know, essentially affixing the key to a limited number of devices, which is what some things do already. Like 
So it's like, yeah, you can, you know, move it over, and if you need to move it over more, then you can contact you know, me or whatever, you know, company, my company, and say, yeah, we need, uh, I, you know, I'm going to sell this key off, and so it basically needs to go with, you know, be, it needs to be allowed to be associated with another hardware and no longer my hardware. And so there's still the idea of, you know, contacting the creator, of a certain sense, but it's more contacting the creator to make sure that there's no problems and that the first sale doctrine is properly resolved in a in, in a positive way so that, you know, when you tire of a game, you can just give it away. And I think that, and I don't care if it's, you know, like I said, the whole, oh, it doesn't degrade argument, I think is, is meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but even but it's like the I mean, it's punishments range from civil measures to claims for damages to criminal penalties, including fines of up to five million yen, which is around uh, forty six thousand yeah. dollars US dollars. Or at least least at least five years in prison. Up to at least five years in prison. And that's go to prison? For reselling a thing, just the mad—that's that's madness. That's really, really heavy-handed, and that is super troubling. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's put somebody in jail for selling reselling something that they they should own. That is awful. Awful. It, it's this is this is a terrible trend, and I and I, like I said, I only hope that. You know more rulings that the like the EU's rulings will stand, rather than this. This, is, this should not be allowed to stand. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, part of this, you know, went was it, and it, you know, it got reopened. The first old, you know, argument got reopened with just the existence of DRM in general. And I don't think that DRM is necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, that's then that then your key, you know, your activation key, that is your physical thing to own, from from my point of view. And then that gives you a thing that you can sell off and give away. I'm not necessarily against DRM. I think it can be used properly as a way to make sure that somebody did sell something off, that they're not just still using the thing that they supposedly sold off. Otherwise, they could make a million copies of your game and distribute it at will and make money off of every single one. And that shouldn't be allowed either. You know, I think... I think it should be, you know, I want to make it clear that I'm not for that either. I'm not for that sort of sketchy stuff of, you know, making a infinite copies and distributing them. I am for being able to have, you know, a key tied to perhaps a, you know, one, a couple of machines at a time. And once it's, you know, once you sell it off, then you have to, it's no longer, your key will no longer work on that part, on that particular part. So, yeah. A part of me is curious exactly how far this reaches. Like, if you were to use one of those kind of somewhat seedy European key sites, like, is that illegal too? Well, that's what they're saying straight up. That that's illegal. That's that's what it is. Illegal to resell digital game keys without explicit consent. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, if it's not a hypothetically, Japan has very little jurisdiction over the actions of a. Out of a company based out, it's the it's it's hard to penalize a company like that when they're not within oh, they, your borders. You can sue oh, yeah, them but, and stuff, but however, if they do business in your borders, then that raises that question. Right, so that's so what I'm getting like, at. Like, it's the who becomes yeah. the victim in that case. Like, is it just like is um 
G2A going to rack up like a billion like Japanese citations they're never going to deal with? Or will they like be forced to turn over logs to uh, on Japanese people buying the games essentially? Or like, and to get make it even weirder, like, okay, so say I'm an American and mm-hmm. I buy a Japanese game from G2A that's used. I think they do that still. I don't know. Like, what is even the remotely at legality there? Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's it's I mean, these like I said, these competing legal models or legal decisions, that's going to be trouble for like international sales. And it's just uh, the whole thing is troubling. And it's going to be weird because of exactly what you said, because some of these things are going to kind of cross over with each other. You know, it's one thing, like you said, if it's all just taking place in another country, so Japan's laws don't really apply. Yeah. But but they but they kinda do. If it's somebody's product they're selling well it's like well it's for for example, that's why like dealerships, you go to a car dealership or whatever, and it is you know, they've basically have the explicit permission and are working with a one or more car companies. However, you go to a used car place and their license model is absolutely different, where they can keep cars of pretty much any make and model, and it doesn't matter. They don't have to think about licensing out or having this. They have a more generalized license to sell, you know, because they are running on they are running on for sale doctrine. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's there again. That's that's something I think people should be paying attention to. Don't forget that. Commercial documents so important, and almost nobody is respecting in the gaming industry. Well, they never had to previously. Nope. Well, and they still don't have to really. But I mean, I guess only in only in Europe so far. Yeah, we shall see. We're definitely not going to solve it on this podcast, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're we're not we're not. Uh, I am I am very much not a lawyer. Yeah. <sighs> Well, last but not least, we kind of cut Alex loose. I know we said we were doing away with main topics, but um, Alex has got something to say, and it's important because it's whether we want to <laughs> deal with it or not. Like it, it's going to potentially once again reshape how YouTube functions hypothetically, and mm. not because YouTube is doing it, but because kind of the public reaction to this again might be. Cataclysm. Before we get to that, we're gonna go, we're gonna do a fun story, a very us story, a very yeah. wicked awesome cast story, and it is that the composer of Doom, the good Doom, that new Doom, Mike uh, Mick Gordon, is putting together a heavy metal choir. He is having open auditions for metal streamers, growlers, and all that jazz for an un undisclosed soundtrack. Probably Doom Eternal, just saying. And this is fun. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, that's so good. The, the criteria for it is that you have to, to get yourself down to Texas for the recordings. It will be paid. You will be credited if you are selected. You can submit an audition to it. It's not clear how big a chorus he's looking for, just that he needs people to do it. And yeah, this is fun. We don't get to do something this fun all that often. Like, our news is all kind of doom and gloom and everything sucks, but, like, fucking Doom Eternal sounds real cool if they're doing this bullshit. 
Yeah, growly. You know, they're looking specifically for like metal people who can you know, do the growl and killer killer metal voice. Yeah. Well, I remember like for those who are not familiar with the original kind of the remake of Doom, the soundtrack for that game fucking kicks ass. Oh yeah, like, it's super good. Yeah. If you're looking for information on this, he has a video up on. I'm assuming it's his YouTube channel. Even if you're not, it's a fun video to watch. Like this is a guy that knows exactly what he's making, and he's gonna have some fun with it because the video is even very much like, yeah, you're the guy that made that Doom soundtrack, also Wolfenstein, some other stuff. But yeah, that Doom soundtrack, bro. Yeah, that's oh, that's just oh, I and I am and I am personally like a big lover of metal, like. I love metal. I listen to it all the time, and yeah, this is gonna sound so cool. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I, I'm contemplating submitting just to say I did. Like it's like this is dumb in the best way. Yeah, yeah. You ready, Alex? Who, who's yeah! well, I just I just want to go around real quick. Who are your who in metal or in singing? Who would you pick? And I'm gonna put mine out there, Devin Townsend. I. Uh... Like who? Who would I want on this uh, on this thing? Yeah, yeah, um, a band or a, a, a you know singer or whatever. The singer from Amon Amarth, whose name I'm, I'm blanking on right now, mm, just because that's good. His voice is always that. Um, yeah, that's a good pick. What's her name? Angela Cross, the original female singer for Arch Enemy. Mm. I think she'd be a very solid pick for this, just because like hers. Hers is operatic training applied to metal, which is a whole nightmare scope to go down. It's yes. Uh Randy Blythe from um Lamb of God, just because like again, like he's he has the range to do interesting things. Yeah, definitely pick out some people from symphonic metal. Like that's that's the you know, that's the you know, epic symphonic metal. Pick out those singers. That I am looking forward to this because you know I mean this is. The, the track record so far is Doom's soundtrack was awesome. Yeah. Oh, and, and, for, and for the record, this is open casting. This is not just like if you're in a metal band, only apply. This is anyone can apply yeah. to this, which is cool. Yes. Just send in your audition tape. Your epic uh, metal audition tape. If I had to pick my favorites for this, uh, Avril Lavigne is a solid pick. Oh, shut oh, up again! Shut up! No. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a Maverick in this one, and I'm gonna say Chad Croker would deliver some uh, stuff to the die in a fire. Uh, no, I hope no, those Boy Scouts no, come no, back no. and rob you. <laughs> <laughs> hope that tree thing was a ruse to scope your apartment. They're gonna come back and just kill you in your sleep. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to do this to myself now, too. What, you're not going to throw Pat Boone's No More Mr. Nice Guy on this list, Alex? Um, uh, maybe. Could be. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, I hate that I know that an album exists. Mm-hmm. Pat Boone's um, Metallica. Oh, who else? Uh, maybe some Richard Cheese. Okay, that I, uh, I, I like that dude. Though. Maybe not for this, but he is entertaining. He is yes. a good good entertaining yeah but i mean i i wanted i I, he'd be like my okay cool pick but if i wanted like i said my actual picks definitely chad kroger and avril lavigne solid picks good voices carries on real nicely yeah no miley cyrus has a strong singing voice no 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 no
Have you this heard the cover of Jolene? In related in news, we'd like to announce voice. we're looking for a third member of the Wicked Awesome <laughs> cast again. <laughs> the the um, It's a simple application process. If you kill Alex and mail me his head, you're in. <laughs> okay, now to the awful. All right, Alex, let's cut loose. You asked for this, you have to do it now. Okay, so... Uh, do you guys remember a little little fiasco a long time ago with a website called CS uh, Go Lotto? Yeah, oh, we talked about yeah. it extensively on this podcast. Yeah, so obviously there was some shadiness going on there. Uh, no doubt that whole thing, but but it was basically the problem was influencing kids to gamble and to build those habits early on with you know with with digital steam boxes, if you will. Very shady stuff, especially when you find out that uh, the owners of CSGO Lotto were the guys who were making YouTube videos saying they had a sponsorship with these guys. They, they, uh, yeah, T. It basically Martin was the owners and... were promoting it as though they were just random patrons, yes. Yep. Yeah. So, and you know, the if anything, the bane of, I guess, 2018 would be, I guess, oh, even 2017 would be loot boxes. Because how many times did we talk about loot boxes last year? Mm. A bit. Yeah, yeah. quite a bit. So, uh, lo and behold, let's bring in the new year with some more loot box drama. <gasps> yeah, but, but it's like not the exactly... realist of loot boxes. Yeah, so there is the there's this company. Uh, I will say the name of the company just because I want to make sure people know this is the shit tier company. You should absolutely avoid them. Uh, I believe their site is mysterybrand.net, and uh. They came up recently because you had a couple of big name YouTubers uh, doing videos where they're like, hey, we're doing real life loot boxes and you should check them out. And uh, it just so happens these YouTubers, uh, who I old name, of course, uh, Jake Paul and Ricegum, who have very impressionable young audiences. Um, yeah. yeah. So they basically made videos talking about. Oh man, there's this cool new site you should check out. You can win some cool prizes, this and that, and you just gotta drop some real life money. Keep in mind, some of the boxes on that site go for uh anywhere from like five bucks to open it to $129 to open the box. And it's like they have different brands and all that stuff, or different like theme boxes, if you will. So it's just a super fucking scummy, shady ass thing. Because remember back you even in look the, at the day website. when you had to buy keys to unlock stuff in Team Fortress? Yeah. It's kind of that all over again, but with non digital items, which I don't know if that makes it worse or better. Well, the scary thing is you don't even know if this stuff is coming to you because people were looking into the, um, the terms of service for using this site and stuff like that. And that site has the right to just deny you your prize whenever they want for whatever Whoa. TOS reasons. Yes. They, they, they did some reading into that. And this is a very shady ass site considering they have a lot of misspellings. It's just, it just reeks I, of like scam. Yeah. So it's unclear where the site operates out of the general running theory is probably either Russia or China, just based on aspects of the site. Like it claims to be a U.S. based site. It is not. Well, the funny thing is, um, People who have quote unquote tracking numbers and all that stuff, all the shipping and tracking stuff are Chinese companies. Yeah. According to this site. So that that's what they use. 
So, so um, before we get into it, let's, so, let's talk about how the site works because I think that's the most fascinating part. Yeah. yeah. So you basically go on there, you pick a box uh, based on either like a overall mystery box or one that's themed around shoes. It is literally like an Amazon.com of loot boxes, but for physical items. Yes. And so what you do is you go, you pay to open the box. You're literally just paying to open the box digitally. Yeah. And then you either can win like some high-end item or like store credit thing and you can use that store credit to buy more boxes well technically and it's shit like all that. store credit yeah it's but, all store credit technically yeah. uh because i don't think you can even cash out like that's the thing so yeah yeah so um needless to say like yeah it, it's very shady all well, around well, so you're missing the part where if you win something you can let it ride that's like, right you can turn you it actually... back into money to buy more loot boxes with Hence the like extra gambly part of this. And in addition to yes. that, the way the site works is across the top of it, it shows a ticker that shows what other people have been winning lately. And it's not clear if that's actually being honest or like just it, it, just because you are winning that stuff in theory. I, I, I have not found any reports of people actually getting any of this stuff for reals. It's lots yeah. of like USB powered fans and stuff. Yeah, and apparently they even have like a two hundred fifty million dollar house that you can win yeah, from one of the boxes. Sure they do. Yeah. So needless to say, it's kind of shady all around. Um. So this, these, uh, you know, YouTubers do scummy shit because that's what YouTubers do. Uh, uh you have let a, Jake Paul uh, and Rice okay, Gum. Let, let me play. This may be the only time I play devil's advocate in this category. Like, and we will def- we will defute this devil's advocate. As part of our talking about this, don't get me wrong. This is more just me making a point right now. Mm-hmm. Some generic YouTubers got approached, and they said by a company that said, "Hey, we have lots of money, like four hundred thousand dollars for you, money to do a spot Ooh. for us." Yep. I and don't care who you are. You are really considering it, taking that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we don't even know if it's four hundred thousand. That's a number that got se. out there. Like, it's that, that's a number that's floating around because there's another YouTuber named Keemstar who was approached by the same company, and they offer him a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to do it. Both now, are a lot have... of money. I, I'm sorry, you yes. walk up to me on the street and say, "We'll give you fifty thousand dollars to do something." I will consider it. Like, it's the anytime yeah. you are doubling or tripling or quadrupling or whatevering my like. Once it's the I could wipe out my entire credit card debt kind of situation in one potentially shady transaction, I'm going to do it probably. Yeah, but we also have to look at the idea that these guys are not necessarily starving for cash no. in the first place. No, but they're not starving for cash because they often kind of do stuff like this. But yeah, I, 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 I'm saying we're going to kind of completely defute my devil's advocate on this, but like. My point being, like, a lot of cash is being thrown around hypothetically for these um, sponsorships. Yeah, which which is also just kind of also like, okay, so they're throwing a lot of money to these guys to the YouTube videos, but are they actually paying out any of the stuff they're doing? Turns out there's a... So, all right, so let me, let me, let me go back. So these guys get offered money. They put out these YouTube videos, these two guys, Jake Paul and Rice Gum. Um, and basically, like, their audience is, like, underage. That's their demographic. Yeah. That's their focus. 
Now, it's funny that they they basically are like, hey, this is really cool. Like, even in Ricegun's video, he's like, you can even make money off of this because you just keep re-rolling and use the credit that you get from the stuff you win to get more stuff, and it's really cool, and it's super exciting. This is actually, like, a profitable job thing you can do, which is just terrible fucking thing to say. But on paper, not incorrect. Like, that's where it gets weird. Like, if this thing worked the way it was supposed to, you could, in theory, do this. But, but that's also practice. gambling. Yeah, but yeah. in practice, you have to remember that one way or another, the house has to always win one way or another. Otherwise, they wouldn't make any money. Yeah. So that's that's and that's oh, yeah. at the heart of all these gambling things is the house always wins. If they didn't somehow always win, they would make zero profit. The mm-hmm. house always wins. And so it is, I mean, just knowing anything about the way a company just makes profit should automatically tell you that site like that is not on the up and up they are they are i mean and, and and telling people that they could make money on this that's awful that's literally the worst because you won't i mean it's the same as telling somebody you go into a casino oh yeah you're totally going to make money you're always going to make money look at all the ways you can make money when in truth no the games are fixed slot machines are super fixed yeah I- and and even the rules like for example some of the rules involving if you're playing blackjack you know, the house is set to win at least at least 51% of the time. And really, in truth, way, way more than that because they make profit. I mean, gambling houses make money hand over fist because they're playing. A, I mean, this is why it is gambling. This is it's the house always wins, but you're acting like it doesn't. And, and it's like, oh, on the one time it doesn't, you could make a ton of money. But yes, guess what? Your chances of doing so, practically nil. Yeah. So, uh, on top of that, in their TOS, considering that they're pushing this out to a lot of miners, is they have the option to flat out just deny you any winnings just because you're a miner as well. Yep. So, like, the people they're pushing this at is not the demographic who should be doing this at all. And it's just super fucking scummy that we've reached a level of evolution for loot boxes that is even like. I it, even for me, I'm like, okay, loot boxes, yeah, they're a thing. I get it, but like, this is not the kind of cosmetic loose boxes I was referring to. This is, this is absolutely a hundred percent fucking really just shady, disgusting behavior coming from YouTubers that are fucking huge. Yeah, and as of now, YouTube has not done a fucking thing. Nope. Against these guys, considering, and I, and just so you know. Promoting gambling on YouTube is flat out against their TOS. You yep. cannot promote gambling on their site. There's a reason that they took down a bunch of the old like gambling, poker, whatever like channels and this and that because it's illegal. But as of now, YouTube says one thing and sure shit loves to do one other thing. So it's just yeah, it, it, it's fucking terrible because. These guys, these are big fucking names, but man, do they bring in the fucking views. And so I really hope, like, I feel for YouTube sometimes because they they get put in a tough spot. But if they don't do anything about it, then I hope tons of fucking companies pull out their fucking ad revenues and all that stuff for them. Because fuck YouTube for playing this two-sided bullshit and, like, not enforcing their own fucking rules. Yep. And it's obvious. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's crystal clear and blatantly obvious why they are. It's money. They know that these guys get millions of views, and if they cut that off, that cuts off their own ad 
stream from these people who are getting millions of views. And the thing is, like, as content creators that, you know, that are right, that are even awarded in ceremonies, they have a massive responsibility to the public. You just do. And if you totally ignore that responsibility, yeah, that makes you hot garbage. You're scum. You're, you're, you are scum. And yeah. the fact that they're preying on children really makes me want to just go and punch them in the face. I mean, seriously, like, that's scummy. Scummy, scummy. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's the part that bothers me the most is, like, if you were promoting this shit to other adults, whatever, fine. They're adults, they can make their own fucking decisions. Yeah. But your core audience is kids, man. Like, yeah. And, and I guarantee you, YouTube's not going to do a fucking thing. Nope. Like, they're going to be like, well... We ha they actually haven't said anything, which is fucking great. Uh, yeah. So good job, YouTube, for really stepping ahead on this one and 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 leading by example. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but just to kind of one thing Charlie had mentioned earlier, because I know we're going to defeat this the thing, but like, yeah, someone shows up with a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, it's a lot of money. But the the the, the situation arises in like, okay, hey, I'm going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars now, but what you're doing could potentially cost you your job and is probably really fucking unethical. Yeah. Do you do it? Like in the long run, I'd make that one like okay, so if it was me, just to give you an example, $100,000 up front sounds really fucking nice. I I can do that with like yeah, two years salary, not a problem. But like that's yeah, but that's it. Like after two years technically I would have made what they would have offered me. And then now I still have a job if I didn't do it. But if I did, now I'm asked out. So yeah. what am I going to do? Well, my point being, like, it's the, they're making money already. And if someone, so you're already doing your job. If someone at work was like, hey, we want you to do this kind of sketch thing for an extra $200,000. That's more what I was getting at. Like, it's the, yeah, that's, that's not a small amount of money. I know it's not like, it's like, it doesn't have the magical alien at the end of it that all of us kind of seem to lust after when it comes to our CD government bribes and stuff like that. But like, that's a lot of that's money. A lot of money. That's enough to change someone's life hypothetically, especially if you live in a place where I could see two of us live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is fucking expensive. I was. In, oh yeah. I was in New Hampshire recently. Do you know what I could do with four hundred thousand dollars there? Like easily you live never like work a king. again. Yeah. yeah, by multiple houses. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just, it's super fucking just scummy, and it, it just bothers the shit out of me because, especially with like oh, YouTube should. wanting to be Mister like or wanting to be, you know, the hey, we're we're you know ad friendly, this and that. It's like okay, well, these guys are blatantly breaking the fucking rules of the site, and it's not like they don't know that promoting gambling is a fucking problem. We all saw the blowback they got from the T. Martin bullshit and well, all that. Like the the bigger issue for this, I think, is so I'm gonna be real hyperbolic. I think by accident for a second, but like if you if you were to make a list of the two most influential people or kind of groups of what modern YouTube is at this point, you've got the Pauls, which did a major job of kind of shaking up kind of YouTube last year. And you've got PewDiePie, who, did he single-handedly kind of fuck a bunch of other YouTube channels over when it comes to kind of ad revenue and stuff like that? I'd go so far as to say, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, like single-handedly, no. Was he contributor? I, I, I could say yes, but single-handedly, would no, that's someone else have eventually been the problem? Yeah, like th- the way things were going, were not sustainable. Kind of on paper, like they were nuts. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of those things like the way feuds is handled it, and the fact that like he is who he is. Like it's the yep. He's built his he's built this whole thing on money, like this whole him versus T media thing that's going on right now. Like it's dumb, but like it speaks to what exactly is the problem. And it's like, okay, it is a big deal to him he might lose to being the top YouTube channel. I have subscribed to that T music thing just to make that happen. <laughs> Every single SWS account is subscribed to that bullshit. <laughs> Every single YouTube creator out there who's like Team Pewds is a fucking idiot, or is big enough yep. they weren't they, they they weren't affected by kind of Pewds bullshit. Like it's the PewDiePie yep. needs to go away a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's the Team PewDiePie. Though, though, I have to say, I am I am somewhat amused by the fact that like Team Star is calling them out. And while he's been cleaning up his act, honestly, in like the past couple of yeah. years, he's been a part of some pretty scummy stuff himself. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. No, but, absolutely. Yes. But, but, yeah, I think he, he has been trying to clean things up. I think he actually kind of had a, you know, a massive rethink about it all. And now it's like he's, he's not like he was. But, uh, yeah, it is a little bit of music for me that you're getting called out by Keemstar, dude. It's like that guy was not always on nearly a, on the up nearly close on the up that he is now. It's like, he, he's been pretty scummy too, but it's like, you're getting called out by him. Wow. Yeah, like, like that's the wow. thing. Like, yeah, you, you've, there are people who've done some scummy shit. And like, I'll give people the benefit of the doubt and like, the change. Like, yeah, I, I want, like, I want these, like, like the Paul guys to do some, like, legit stuff. I don't. Like, I want them I, to go I, away. I, be okay I want them it. to die. Uh, not, not die, but like, <laughs> Damn, I want them okay. gone. Yeah, uh, it's I, I subscribe very much to this idea that after a certain point, like it's one of those things where it's like it's we're gonna go kind of real far away from this for a second. Like it's the they are responsible for encouraging shitty behavior. That yeah. shitty behavior is a problem, and they need to go away because they're responsible for it. Like it's one of those ones where it's the they need to be gone off media platforms. Like it's one of those things where it's the you're gonna keep having shit like this because this is who they are. Yep. This is how they make their money. It's how they've always made their money, and they're not going to change because this is who they are. Like it's the I'm playing on the exact example I used to talk about this recently, where it's like it's the try and follow this. I'll try to explain if people are confused at the end. Like it's conspiracy theories are fun until they're not, and like this it's the the people that believe in chemtrails don't hurt anyone. The people that believe in the flat earth stuff don't necessarily hurt anyone. They spread ignorance and stuff like that, but whatever. It's the issue that they don't just believe in one thing. They're not wrong in one way. They're often kind of a collection of a variety of conspiracy theories, at least in my experience. Once you're into yep. one, you wind up into a bunch of other ones, and eventually you wind up in ones that are anti-Semitic, racist, homophobic, or whatever, and then you're propagating that. Like It's the It'd be fine if you if, if if the Pauls were just annoying YouTubers, whatever. It's the fact they are actively problems over and over. 
Yes. And, it, and like, it's one of these things where, it's, again, it's like they're big enough, they're introducing new problems. They're going to create more Pauls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's even more, that's actually probably the more troubling implication is that people will see something like this and be like, hey, this is, this seems like totally a legit way to make money. Yeah, no, and the, just take money from scummy it's companies the, and do stuff on YouTube. Like, prior to YouTube even, like, celebrities doing stuff that, like, other people mm. shouldn't get involved in has always been a problem. Like, I've, the yes. fucking anti-vaxxer movement and shit like that is driven uh, by, like, like, it's kind yeah. of the same thing in a very weird, abstracted way, and you're, you're getting yes. these Charlie Hates conspiracy theories rant right now because they make people dumber and they do, and they, yeah, like, the Pauls are, they are the problem, but the issue is it's the, they need to go. You can't change that problem. Like you can, they are never going to be a positive thing because, in the same way that people are like out there being like, "Man, we miss old Ninja." The fans of old Ninja are never going to be happy, and eventually they're going to make old Ninja themselves. Yes. Even if Logan Paul and Jake Paul clean their acts up, there will always be people like, "Yeah, remember when you were like telling reporters their shoes were old and shit like that?" That's what we want. And we're going to go make that for ourselves. Now. It, it, it becomes a self-propagating problem that you only fix by, no, nah, they're gone. Yeah, there are well, no chances. There has to be some form of punishment. I mean, if, you, if there's no punishment, then obviously you're saying that, oh, what they're doing is absolutely fine. Yeah. This is, to- this is totally cool. And that's what YouTube needs to do. They need to ban these guys. They aren't going to, but they need to ban them. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, at this point, I'm like, you're doing something that's, actually illegal that's 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 not just technically is no it's straight up illegal so and we didn't talk about and against and against the terms of service massively against the terms of service it, like blatantly directly literally we never talked about the other big thing that happened last year on youtube um i'm blanking on the exact company but it was like a, it, it basically it was like um psychiatric help on the go and Ooh. And yeah, better help cool than something. A bunch of like the vloggers who have anxiety issues or depression were kind of big into this, and I, I, I've not kind of kept track of it in a little while now. And I'm not sure how it totally ended, but like it came out that one of the original YouTubers that was promoting it fucking owned part of the company, and on top of that, like some of the terms of service. Which one was this was, one? Like you're not guaranteed to actually be matched with a kind of. a they would happily take your money, but like there was no guarantee you were actually going to get a therapist out of it, or that the person you were talking to was even a licensed therapist or was like certified to work in the area you were working in. Like I it was a whole nightmare thing that again, like it's far less illegal in some ways than some of the stuff that we're talking about right now. But like it's the there's been a slow rise of shady YouTube sponsorship stuff. So and like so here's the path of it. Basically, it was for while well, you had ad revenue, and ad revenue was the fucking wild west. Yeah, and everyone could rise to power, everyone could fail, kind of thing. Like it was the, it was just kind of striking it big, and YouTube kind of fucked with that and said, "Okay, we're not doing this anymore because we can't control this." So then sponsorships moved in, and sponsorships was, at least in my opinion, kind of it was an answer to. The problem of okay, if you're gonna put the effort in, and you're gonna go find someone to brand your stuff and be like, "Hi, response to this episode, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. A little bit better, but like, of course, someone looked at it and said, "But what if we did this sketchily?" Yeah, I think I think what I don't know if there was anybody who was like an owner per se. I know there was a lot of sponsor people, 
But I think like it was saying their terms, they, some of the stuff in their terms of service stuff was what was really shady about the whole thing. No, no, like uh, the fact that they can it, it turned out data. That, like someone's um LLC that they found, like someone tracked it through LinkedIn of all things that like one of the YouTubers LLCs he used for his YouTube channel was in partnership with the mental health stuff. Was like, huh? Was like financially involved in it. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, that's that's that goes with the whole. Thing. Closure. That's that super yeah. super scummy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because like um the super best friends broke up recently on YouTube and that was a weird thing for me because of the channel that made this that kind of made SWS happen in the first place in a weird way. Uh, it's it appears to be a real hard time to not be one of the big YouTube channels out there. And they were a relatively large YouTube channel, but. They weren't one of the kind of the giant like multi-billion or multi-million subscriber count ones. They were indies, the wrong term for that group, but like they they'd made it, but they weren't like gigantic. And it's gonna keep getting harder so long as shit like this keeps happening. Like it's the this is what drives more ad revenue away. Like it's the if your ad is being played after or before or during a video that like then is used to dissect, hey. These people are promoting gambling to kids. Fuck. Yeah. Like, like in a real kind of abstract way. Why, if this was a legit company, why aren't they just buying YouTube advertising? Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 really transparent. It's it's not a clever move at all. In a certain sense, it's not. It's not exactly. It's glaringly obvious what's being done. Yarp. Yeah. So I just, I'm curious to see if uh, you two will actually grow a fucking spine and do something about it. Something tells me, though, I'm going to be surprised and they won't. Survey says no. Yep. Yeah. Ah. We're off to a good start. Loot boxes are already fucking 2019 up. Yeah. I, uh. it's gonna sound, this is the natural progression of loot boxes, I guess. Like, in my mind, the fact that we hadn't reached this point yet was a little bit surprising. He's like, okay, yeah, we're here. Of course we are. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, you know, when you consider, like, the idea of, you know, your, your loot great stuff that you get for some place, they are guaranteed to have certain things in them and to be worth a certain amount of money. Like, what you get, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen, like, the kind of loot crates that are offered by different companies that are, that are, that aren't, don't use this horrible gambling system. They're just, like, Here's a box, and it is at least at least fifty dollars worth of stuff that is branded like this. And you're guaranteed this shirt, you're guaranteed this thing, and what else you get that's kind of up in there. But let it be known that every it will add up to at least a certain amount of money. And so that that's like you know that's that's a less way less scummy version of you know the sort of hidden box thing. But this yeah. this thing is just gambling. It's horrible gambling. Yeah. I, I've never bought a loot crate like that, or feel that type of physical. But yeah, it's I've bought a grab bag are, at a convention once or twice, but that was like from a yeah booth or something. Yeah, but there again, those are you know usually pretty cheap, but they're yeah. guaranteed to hold a certain amount of merchandise and some and some specific merchandise, and the rest of it's just up in the air. But yeah, I've done loot crate and I've actually gotten some good stuff out of it. So. Yeah, but I'm getting something. I'm not taking. Oh, a Loot Crate. I've done Loot Crate. No. But Loot Crate also announces kind of what their stuff is to a certain. Fuck, we yeah. had Man vs. Box at one point. That's yeah. right. 
that's another dead YouTube channel. Yeah, I, <laughs> I that's different, I guess. Like I it's it is different. Because it's not you're not gambling. You're it's not as much everyone as they, gets the same you know, box not, too, yeah. everybody gets yeah. the same thing. Sometimes the items are shittier than the previous month, but sometimes they're really fucking good. Yeah. They're always shittier. But but the the thing is, like I said, usually those are guaranteed to have guaranteed to have certain things in them, and guaranteed to have as basically be worth a certain amount. Yeah, and that is that is not this 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 rash at all that we're talking. About. That is definitely not what they're doing. There. Yeah, are we done on this topic? Because we got three emails to get through. Yeah, yeah, I think we're done. All right, does it for that. Uh, now that we're all nice and depressed, we have. Three listener emails to get into. I apologize. Oh, okay. Two of these are from 2018. We, you emailed right in. We kind of went off our normal podcast schedule, so I've been holding on to them. Hope that hasn't been distressing for you. But, Henry, if you wanted to contact us, how would you go about doing that? WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. What's that again, Alex? Uh, WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. Down in the show notes, spell as it sounds, etcetera, etcetera. Our first one comes in from Andrew. He writes, Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, Recently, one of my coworkers was talking about how much they love Stranger Things. When I tried to talk to them about the show, they revealed they had... <laughs> they revealed they had, they had never actually finished the first season and had just watched... And, and, and had not just... Yes, well, you threw me off there. Had ju- actually finished... Had never actually finished the first season and has not watched any of the second season yet. And when I asked how far they'd gotten, they revealed they'd only gotten about halfway through the first... This guy wrote the same sentence twice? Sorry. <laughs> um, you three have... Uh, you, yeah, sorry, jumping ahead. You three have opinions about games all the time before you finish something, but you also... But, all, but also, as part of the podcast, do a decent job of updating your opinions as you progress through. Chose Ark and Red Dead Redemption from I'm having fun to I will not let this game beat me, I will finish it or die. And Alex's slow descent into depression as BFA has unfolded are the most recent examples that popped to mind. Sorry, Henry, you've only se- sorry, Henry, you only seem to play good games and that don't need seem to punch you in the dick as much as the other two. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an, so I don't have an example for you on this. So, my question, and I promise this is not to spark a debate about whether or not Stranger Things is good or not, is how much of something do you feel you should experience before you feel comfortable voicing an opinion on a game? I typically don't talk about a game unless I've played, like, at least three hours of it. I definitely definitely can't say that. I, but I definitely, the extent of what I will, how uh, I will review a game. Is definitely dependent on how much I played it, or if I yeah. played it or not. If it's just something I saw videos of, and I didn't actually get a chance to play, I I won't really generally speak on it. That's when I usually remain quiet, and or if or I'll just say a little bit. Oh, it looks really cool, or it seems like you know it's fun to play. You know, I or I was you know, I chatted with the streamer on you know online and you know asked them questions about how it plays and things like that, and then I might have a little bit to say on it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I agree. I think you know a good couple of hours, depending on the game. It is. Yeah, you know if if a game can be figured out, like really figured out within like thirty minutes, like you know, in some shorter games, definitely can be. Uh, I mean, maybe yes, that's fine. But in a longer game, you know, especially a game that takes a while to sort of have the game going proper, 
in a, in a certain sense. Yeah, you might want to hold off on, yeah, I, I would definitely hold off on my review until I got up to the point where the mainline game starts, and I'm out of the sort of what you might consider the beginning territories or the tutorial areas. Yeah, it's it's about three hours for me, give or take, and like, it's also, once I have a strong opinion, it's typically kind of, it's hard to shake that until something like drastically happens. I, it's yeah, I, uh, on the podcast, I've talked about when I thought a game looked good in the past and stuff like that. Like, I, it's about the time we've talked about how, like, before Destiny came out, you had YouTubers out there just saying dumb ass shit about what was going to be in that game. And I try very hard not to be one of those people where it's like, yo, this art has, an, has a knife on that person's belt. Melee weapons confirmed. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. That's art. Yeah, like, just wait. <laughs> like it's, I, I'm super excited about Anthem. I know nothing about that game for sure, except that that game has four Iron Man armor style things in it. That's yeah. That's all I'm comfortable saying about that game, and that it looks cool, and that that Titan has a shield that looks pretty neat, or the Colossus or something. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I, I think we all collectively try not to be those people that are like, yo, video game ass, video game, video game topic, but like. We all do it, and I, I, I won't shit talk a game until I feel like, until I feel it actually deserves it. Like I remember, I yeah. played all of the Quiet Man for a reason, and it was because I had to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Like, yeah, I had to know thing. exactly how bad that game was. I had a pretty idea of why that game was bad before I even bought that thing. But like, I'm like, nah, I gotta have my own opinion about this game. Halfway through my first kind of playing of that game, this game is bad. Real bad, but I gotta know how bad. Yeah, I well, I think yeah, you know, and I, I, and I'll admit that, like for instance, for Fallout seventy six, I've never played it. I've only watched people play it. I've never played it myself. But I but I mainly play. talk about what I've de- definitely mentioned tend to talk about, like what people thought of it, but also talk more about the 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 murk surrounding it. Yeah, I mean that's because I haven't played. It. Yeah. I can't talk about. I don't talk about the game mechanics because I don't know the game. Mechanics. I mean, I haven't played them. I'm only familiar with what they say exists. What you know, what they, what Bethesda literally lists as the game, mechanics, and what people have said what it plays like. Uh, yeah, it's an uncomfortable place to sit. Yeah. You got anything for the Salix or next email? I always play everything to completion 100 percent before I give it an opinion. Oh bullshit. Especially when it comes to things like movies, um, I always make sure I've watched all the films before I make any references. I think to we have things. an email about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have to about this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say a few hours is good, but even if you don't play it, if you watch stuff on it, like I would say that gives you a good sense for it. Yeah. So I'll give my opinion where it's like fitting. If I feel comfortable enough to give my opinion, I do. If I don't, I just generally don't, but it's I, I kind of feel it. It's a feeler. It varies mm-hmm. with, with, with me, to be honest. Yeah. Especially because I don't own a new... I don't have a PS4. I, I just don't own a PS4, so I'm not going to... That's why whenever we start talking about PS4 games, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I've only played that briefly yeah, because I, I don't I, own it. I think commenting on the zeitgeist around a game is a totally fair set of reactions yes. to have, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's like for for some of the games we've talked about, like it's the 
like as we have an email about game of war we're gonna or not get not gone game of the year we're gonna talk about in a couple of minutes like it's the just because you haven't played something doesn't mean you cannot have an a intelligent conversation like it's some of the games we talk about there's enough out there that like it's the you can at least research the game and be like oh yeah that's the game with the that mm-hmm. which is useful and 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 like on the scummy site we're just talking about, it's like I'm not going to make an account on the site and try it out. I'm, I'm not. I'm, just, I'm afraid sorry, to don't, go. Don't ask me site. to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure you'll just install loads of malware and viruses. On that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make an account there. I'm not going to try it out. I think we know plenty enough about that thing where we can make a make a, a very very good evaluation of what it is. Others have done the research for us. <laughs> yes. Thanks for writing, Andrew. Um, do the Christmas one next, just chronological order. Uh, sorry about this one, by the way. We got it the day after the Krampus cast, <laughs> or you sent it the day after the Krampus cast went live, basically. So, yeah, obviously didn't make that one. I hope it seemed like it might have been for that. But anyways, dear fellow followers of the Krimp of the Krimp Act, Christmas Demon Krampus. As men of refined, discerning taste, I am sure you all are aware that Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie ever. Yes. For me, part of the fun of this is the argument that for years there there was no official uh, acknowledgement of how Die Hard is a Christmas movie, as opposed to a movie set at Christmas. And And this fun was ruined this year when... when I found out that Fox has officially been selling Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Any thoughts hmm. of this horrible development? Yeah, it's bad. That ruins the fun of it. Meh. Yeah. Don't care. Like it doesn't it... take away from the movie for me. Well, no, no, yeah. it doesn't ruin the movie. I, it, it's more like... I, I know people that watch Die Hard every year on Christmas because it's the Christmas movie. Like, it, it's, it's their Christmas movie. But the fun... You, you're being subversive. You're like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. But not really. And now Fox is out there being like, yo... Christmas movie time. Yeah, it's not fun when it's mainstream. You know, we liked it before it was mainstream. That's the hipster response, though, too. I've always yep. fucking hated that response so fucking much. I, I will say, okay, so a long time ago, I was I was in high school, and there was a band called the Mars Volta that I really enjoyed. Mm. And a couple of my I friends enjoyed. Yes, mm-hmm. they're a great band. And so right around when I was in high school, they ended up getting a song that actually started playing on K-Rock. And immediately afterwards, a bunch of my like a bunch of people I knew were like, uh, they're not that cool anymore. They're not that great. They're on K Rock. I'm like, then you were never a fucking fan in the first place. You liked it because of the 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 illusion of, oh, I know, a cool indie band. Yeah. But yep. now that they're mainstream, now all of a sudden now you don't like them? No, go fuck yourself. If you like something, like it. Don't be fucking ashamed of it. Yeah. Like, I've always fucking hated that argument so much. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like something, like it, even if it's not popular or if it is kind of thing. Like, I get it. Like, be yeah. you. Don't do this bullshit that, like, oh, you only like things because it's conditioned onto this pretense. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. Die Hard will be a Christmas movie regardless oh, of yeah. whatever fucking Fox says. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I will I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I also think some of the fun, though, was, like, watching people fight about whether or not it was a Christmas movie. And it doesn't really ruin that, but Fox being like, hi! Scumbag marketing tactics, like that's a lot. That, yeah, it it poisons the yeah. well. Some I'm still gonna drink from the well because it's a fun not a joke to have. But yeah, 
Yeah, we just got fellow kids. Is pretty much what yeah. happened. It's, it's <laughs> no, equivalent to hey, yes, fellow that's exactly kids. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah it, that's that's the thing. Like that will happen. So, but yeah, um, you know, be against the grain, like things even though other people don't like it. Just like the Matrix Online, hipster the fuck out and move to Portland. That's all I'm saying. Hey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like things you love, yeah. regardless of what people think. Fucking own it. Like the yeah, Matrix yeah. Online. Moving on from that. <laughs> I love that you did acknowledge I said the Matrix Online twice. And now three times. Uh, we've, we've started <laughs> bleeping that out on the podcast, so... No, you acknowledged it, Henry! You oh, gave it power! Oops. Yes! It grows in strength. One day the emulator will be stronger. Our next email coming in from Justin in Omaha, Nebraska. That's a thing, right? Wow. Omaha. Shout out to Omaha. Yeah. Maybe NB stands for something different. Uh, hey, Wicked Awesome Cast. I just finished listening to your Game of the Year episode and was surprised with how willing all three of you were to drop Red Dead Redemption as hard as you were. Um, yours isn't the only Game of the Year I just... Um, I, wow, I'm butchering today. Yours isn't the only Game of the Year I was curious about, but it was the only one that was devoid of Red Dead Redemption. Of, of Red Dead. While I do not uh, totally agree with that, with that decision, based on your decision, I understand how you got the list you did. When you're talking critically or doing something like Game of the Year, where your opinions seem to be the opposite of the norm, do you ever feel compelled to go with the flow at all? P.S. The Quiet Man was robbed. Um, <laughs> personally, like I go for games that like I will enjoy, like regardless if they're pop, like if they happen to be popular. Hey, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like I our, our game of the year was God of War. Like that's an exceedingly popular game. Um, I, I think Red Dead is a weird one because it's really polarizing for people. Like, and mm-hmm. uh, of the three of us, I've played definitely the most. If like, like, are, are, yeah, are you and your girlfriend out of like even the first chapter or two, Alex? Of what Red Dead? I'm still working through it. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I haven't even gone back to continue much on yeah, it. Yeah, so. my frustration with Red Dead is a lot of people have opinions about that game that have not made it to the kind of later parts of that game. Like there, there's a part in, there's an exact moment in that game where I went from being like on the fence to nah, and I, I think a lot of people like choose to sweep that under the rug. I know the um. We talk about a lot of video games. We have very strong opinions about stuff. So, like, Red Dead is a very popular game. I mean, like, it, it should be. It's a fun, kind of interesting game to play. But like, I spent a lot of time with that game. A lot more than I think the average person will spend with that game too, just because of how I've been playing it. And as a result, I'm gonna have a different opinion than the average person who like it. What's the statistic? Like a, a bunch of like the majority of games don't ever get finished and stuff like that, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some like there's a bunch of articles written about that out there where yeah, I, yeah, it's I will check a game out because it's popular, definitely. But I've like this is, Red Dead is not the first example I've had of me having a very different opinion in the public perception of that game. I I know we talked about this podcast a couple times. We got some listener mail about that in the past too. I it's, I'm trying to think of what it might be though. Yeah, well, for me, it's like, yeah, I am pretty unaffected for the most part by, like, oh, you you must like this game because everybody else doesn't. I'm like, no, 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 I don't, really. I'm 
I'm practically counter to that. I mean, I'd say I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess streak of rebellion in me to just not just take what everybody says and, you know, and just roll with it and to, yeah, I'm generally always willing to be disagreeable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, I'll give you an example of a game that's super fucking popular, but I'm not a fan of it at all. Like the FIFA and, and all those games. Like, I don't, I don't care about them. Kudos for people who enjoy them, but mm-hmm. not my cup of tea. But yeah, they're big, popular games. And I mean, if you're going to consider units moved and popularity as like a determining factor for Game of the Year, then you'd always have FIFA and Madden on that list just because they always move units. That's what they're designed to do. But yeah, yeah, they didn't even come up in most, in any of our lists, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I was saying, again, it goes back to just love what you want, play what you want. Yeah. 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 We don't cover Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it's not popular or super fucking successful. We do cover how Epic is literally just turning money hand over fist. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Game of the Year was robbed. There's a timeline out there where uh, Quiet Man is the Game of the Year. Yep. Bad timeline, though. There, there's a there's a timeline out there where The Matrix Online is the Game of the Year. No, it's not. <laughs> the infinite void of all the infinite universes, there is not a <laughs> single one where The Matrix Online is still going or viewed as a good game. Yes, it is. No, there isn't. Yes, it is. No, there when isn't. When I close my eyes, it is. When I close my eyes, there is. That's Charlie. not a timeline, Alex. It's your imagination. Your imagination is dumb. I dream in timelines. You don't know my life. Yes, we do. You live in Portland. <laughs> you own flannel. You're being. You're going rural. Yeah. Soon you will literally <laughs> count sheep. Yeah. Oh, thank you for writing in, Justin. Um, that's it for emails. Again, wickedawesomecast gmail dot com down the show notes. Except to raw. Except to raw. Hmm. got any last thoughts? We get the hell out of here. Um. So the new. Blizzard rate tier should be coming out in about two weeks, and I will be streaming the new rate tier. Okay, so. I'm, I'm going to throw a New Year's resolution at you. Uh-huh. Because you will not unsubscribe from a game that you are perpetually unhappy with, <laughs> you don't get to talk about World of Warcraft on the podcast for a whole month. No! <laughs> Why? What if it's in the news topic? If it's a news topic, that's fine. Okay, I'm adding in as a news topic every fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just uh, starting to stream up again. I kind of just took the last quarter of the year and didn't do anything, and I was happy with so that. It's almost like so you were I... enjoying the game and stopped playing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But I also want to kind of dabble in other stuff. I want to go back and, like I said, finish up Hollow Knight. Sure. I've got Red Dead and God of War to do, so yeah. Yeah. I'll be around streaming. Mave Online is my handle across all the boards. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Mixer, Twitch. I stream on all that. Periscope. Even Facebook gaming. Restream. Restream.io. Yeah. So. Anything for you, Henry? No, not really. I mean, as always, like, I am getting back on social media now, yeah. so you will once again hear stuff from me on Crack uh, and Zero. That's Z-E-R-0. On Facebook and on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, I'd like to announce our official partnership with the psychiatric help website, BetterHelp, and we're doing loot box uh, uh, opening uh, videos next week, guys. 
All right. You know what? Madverse uh, Box I know, is coming back. I I know it was fucking terrible at first, but now that I see they're offering up that cash, hey guys, I, I hit me up. I'm scummy and have no morals. Let's go. Yeah, that's what we say. That's what we say about you're not here, Alex. I know. That's what you said with Jeff when you did a podcast without me. Uh, I was hoping for <laughs> such. I, I was hoping for more of a reaction out of all that. I really was. Maybe another week I'd have gotten it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. See, the trick was to release the podcast without telling me. There is no podcast. That's the issue. There wasn't? Didn't I text you that? No. Yeah. I thought you just, <laughs> like just going to get a rise out of me. You responded <laughs> to it. I thought you legit recorded a podcast. No. I like. I was waiting. That's why I was so confused as to why we're doing podcasts this week, because I thought you had a podcast. And then I figured, oh, he's going to do a mystery midweek podcast. That's what he's doing. <laughs> I could have sworn you I sent you a text. I'm uh, like, oh, no, fake. Like, just trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah, a rise out of me by showing me the picture. I assume there was a podcast still. <laughs> so there's no Jeff? Well, there is a Jeff. There's just no podcast of his going up. <laughs> Yeah, 2019 is the worst fucking year ever. I've been lied to about a Jeff podcast and this loot box bullshit. Make sure Online is still offline. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, I'm oh. done. Forget it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> you the better. <laughs>